Geek Shock. I love bread. I love bread. I eat it every day. That's why I'm here to say I love bread. I love bread. And then, and then Kit comes in, and you know, <laughs> Kit, he looks at me, he looks at the box, he's like, all right. So he gets in the box. And so you're ne- pooping like, together? Like Aww. father, like son. Aww. He does that a lot. What a fucking hallmark moment. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get this oh on a God. card? It's so funny. And <laughs> and the, the box needed changing out. So like he did his business and he scraped the litter to cover his business and he uncovered other business. So he scraped more litter <laughs> to cover that business that? and he uncovered another. Oh. Maybe and the cat should stop shitting. Yeah, really. It's his fault. Exactly. <laughs> then he's so, uncovering Commander K's business. That's so when he, when he got out and I was finally done, then he tried scraping. The I had toilet. to clean the box mm-hmm. so he wouldn't, you know, have problems while Can't I was gone. Pooping with daddy. Yeah. What's wrong with the cat just shitting outside and not in a litter box in the house? Jeff doesn't I, do pets. I don't. I, I. I could ask him. I don't know what he'd say. <laughs> actually, the actually he does most of his pooping for everybody out there. He does most of his pooping outside. Uh, Me too. It, it's uh, it's peeing that he'll use the litter box uh, for. I'd rather smell the poop. I think. No. Uh, <laughs> no, you no. No, you wouldn't. No. They're As both, a cat owner. They're, no. They're, I still remember the first the first uh, week we had him. <laughs> he actually filled up the box. Damn. And, and so he amazing. so he was wait wait no no to what extent like. O- to overflow the, to the extent of he was like I'm not gonna go in here and he kicked litter out of the box onto the floor of my bathroom and then dropped his load on the bathroom. <laughs> you, you know, floor. and and oh my! Six hours later, Duncan ran across me downstairs and he's like, "Hey man, I'm really sorry. I I probably should have woke you up and warned you that the cat had shit. Like I don't know, he must have shit like in the." The hallway or something, because it was strong. He was smelling. Wow. Duncan was smelling it in his room. Wow! And you have to understand how things are at the house to realize that's potent. That's so that's going around corners. I'm just yes. trying to find the positive side of cat ownership. It's the fuzzy love. All I hear are horror stories about. Cat ownership. I never hear a positive story about cat ownership. There's, there's he ob- obviously there's a price does, to pay for love. He doesn't. Obviously, he doesn't mm. look at my uh, Facebook feed. Yeah. at all. Cats are pretty incredible. I'm, I'm pretty allergic. They are very to, I'm pretty allergic to Kit, but I've, I've discovered I can keep a towel around and I can wrap a kid up in the towel and hold him, <laughs> and he gets a purring right away, and it's really nice. He wants it out really Andy, bad. Andy, Andy, uh, Andy's come to like Kit a lot. Oh, I always and like even Kit. even Duncan. Uh, is amused and tolerates kids so so yeah he's he's actually i mean that pooping is awful but he's actually a hell of a good cat he you know there isn't that much around the house that's been damaged he's never done anything on the carpet i'm gonna say this here so we avoid the tons and tons of emails and letters and we have for change change your litter box more often i think that's part of the problem no (laughs) dude it's not that it's like i cleaned that puppy this morning mm-hmm. and when i got back he had enough in, and that's after he spent several hours outside maybe the cat's eating your curry mm-hmm. ah, oh, yeah, that'll that do might it. be the problem there you go cat curry welcome folks to geek shock number 473 i am master torgo ladies jeff commander k fact check dandy
Professor Addy. What? Who's this? What? What? Professor oh, Addy? Oh, God. You're not Matt. Hey. <laughs> Quit changing your name, Matt. <laughs> I climbed out of the toilet. I'm here now. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Addy has joined us from the East Coast, come to, to Vegas. Glad to have you, my friend. It's good to be here. Unless we, you think we kicked another person off the show, Matt will be back. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's a, <laughs> no, no panic. Don't so panic. this isn't a permanent gig yet. Oh. Yet. This, uh, this is, uh, think of it more as like an audition. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, But Matt is my competition. No. No, uh, not really. Okay. No. Okay, Damn. think of it more as like I an thought I was a shoo-in. Like an understudy part. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I like that, Andy. No. <laughs> nah. It was pretty deadpan. I liked it. Yeah. What's really funny is we can say whatever the fuck we right. want he's, because he's he doesn't it. listen to the goddamn <laughs> show. Yeah. And but we're going to talk Week in Geek, of course. We've established Addy has never listened to us either, so. Oh, okay, sure, sure. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now, before we go into what we did we, uh, this week in Geek, uh, let's talk about you, Addy. You have a Twitch okay. channel. Where can we find that? Uh, Twitch.tv slash Professor Addy. Sweet. Mm-hmm. And uh, what kind of games you play there? I play. I really play whatever, uh, whatever I feel like in the five minutes before I have to go live, ah. uh, because I'm in a panic just trying to get things together. <laughs> um, but uh, I love horror games. Ooh, yes, I do like doing horror games. Uh, I just finished two weeks ago. I did a game called Dusk. Um, it is a game Tell that came that. out last year. I believe it came out last year. That is um, kind of a love letter to like Quake. Oh. Um, so it's really low res. Um, it's running gun and, uh, there are little secrets everywhere. Um, but it has a very Lovecraftian, uh, story to it. Like you're, uh, I think you're in, I don't know. I never figured out what your character is supposed to be, but, uh, you are a, uh, I believe a federal agent who goes to, uh, pencil dusk, Pennsylvania, ah. uh, for disappearances. And there's a cult and um, I thought they were yaks, but apparently they're black goats that attack you. And oh. it's real low res. It's Black Philip. Yeah, that, Sh- that's what they are. They're it's, Black Philip. Shub Niggerith. Yeah. Oh, the- Hush your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh. He's gonna have to cut that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, that I I loved Quake. I think I put more uh, when Paul and I were rooming together. I think I put more time on his Quake game than he did. Yeah, <laughs> I really yeah. like that game. This this game is it's on PC. I think it's going to move to other platforms. I absolutely suggest it. Uh, it's some of the most fun I've had with a uh, game in a long time. Um, but if I'm not, uh, if I don't have a more story based game, uh, I usually default to playing uh, The Binding of Isaac. Oh, fun. Um, and, or I do Crazy Zelda. I yeah oh I love it it's uh the Bible with fart jokes yes fun fart jokes not the actual fart jokes that are in the Bible they yeah, aren't as much yeah, fun yeah, it's an old much. game you must have played the one what the hell is it called the one of these movies a writer uh it's it's like it's like it's like Stephen King the, Alan Wake that's it Alan Wake yep I have not done it on stream but I've done two playthroughs of it in my okay time. I love that game mm-hmm. I do plan on doing it for stream at some point. Um, because it and is there, a very well told story based game, and there's like other content too. I know there's like there's, yep, yeah. uh, American American, it might be called American Horror, um, which was kind of a more of you guys kind of liked the combat, so we twerked we twerked it. Uh, <laughs> I love twerking combat. <laughs> we twerked it until the developers were like, "Fine, fuck it, okay, we'll we'll redo this." Uh, and they uh, 
Yeah, because the light is a weapon in that. You, you're, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's all really symbolic as you figure out towards the end of the game, like the light isn't actually light. It's a personification of like some emotion. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really cool. I love Alan Wake. Um, although I think, I don't think it's actually on Steam anymore. No? Um, I played it on you, Xbox. Yeah, if you own it, you can play it. But uh, I think because they used copywritten music. Uh, That's right. So and that game is maybe 10, 10 years old. Maybe wow. older at this point. I think like the rights are up and uh, didn't get renewed, so it got pulled. Because um, I went looking for it because I was going to buy it for a friend, and it wasn't there anymore. Wow. You can go right next to Pinball Hall of Fame and buy yourself a hard copy of whatever system you got. Probably Gamer's Paradise. Oh, probably. But yeah, yeah, Dusk, uh, I would absolutely recommend it. It's very good. And if I'm not doing that, I usually play uh, uh, Rainbow Six Siege with uh, my friends. Ah, terrific. Yeah. What's there's a Rainbow Six in Vegas? I know that. Uh, there Rainbow, were two Rainbow Six Vegas. Yep, we're there. Okay. Mm-hmm. How's that play? Have you then? Did you play that one? Uh, I did. I played a little bit of it long ago. Uh, it was good. Uh, the Tom Clancy games are always good for like that tactical accuracy. Mm-hmm. I didn't play much of it. I think I only got a couple hours into it with uh, friends. But sieges, they're five v five. One is defending, one's attacking, and uh, you get operators that are. They all have their own little trick to them. One guy can put down bear traps that kind of blend in a little bit, depending on how you put them in. Another guy has a drone that he can drive around that has like a like a pulse and like blur the vision of the enemy, hmm. things like that. Uh, and then there's a sniper with a heat scope. There's uh, what I lovingly call the butt plug. It's a, oh. uh, yep. It's uh, you hook it to a... A, a what? A what? You like what? what do you hook it to? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you hook it to that drone? When a man loves a woman very, very much. Um, <laughs> now, she has to love the man very, very much for the, <laughs> the butt plug to come into it. It would be a strange first date. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I already have it in. It is Vegas, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, you place it on a wall or a window that's barricaded. Something I've that seen those videos. Through. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, when you hit the uh when you ignite it it fires out little pucks of plastic explosive <laughs> yeah it poops <laughs> I, it's the butt plug that poops we're, we're back to kid again we are back to yeah. kid, papa. <laughs> kid <and> papa <laughs> that's great yeah and so yeah it's a fun game and not only do you t- do twitch you're an author as well i am somewhat uh, somewhat what you, 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 ha- you have a published story i do i do i get told all the time you know, oh, I, I've seen your book. Um, I've read your book. And I, maybe it's just, it's, what is that, colloquialism? It's like just call whatever, like a written piece, a book. Sure. But like it's it's a novelette. Don't don't trick people. You can get through it in 10 minutes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's always like, oh, I read your book. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry if you thought that was a book. One of them dare short <laughs> stories, yeah. huh? How many, yeah. page, how many pages? Oh, uh, it's about 50 about yeah okay i don't know i didn't read it he read it yeah i, I read didn't. it it's, it's pretty good <laughs> it's called the leprechaun okay mm-hmm. um and the next part is coming out probably end of february nice yeah um it took let's see leprechaun came out in march of last year and it took almost a full year to get out another short story so that's fun hey, it's beaten tiger swamps of the whatever it is for <laughs> decades lustful tiger men of the moon <laughs> thank swamp. you very much yeah <laughs> Ooh. I don't know about it's this. It's one of Paul's unwritten novels. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. One of many. 
Yeah, somewhere, <laughs> somewhere, Professor Biggs actually did a mock-up poster. Yeah, he did for us on our uh, good Shock one. Monkeys. He had uh, he has the cover already. That's awesome. So if somebody wants to read the Leprechaun, where do they find it? It's uh, it's the first in a series called The Last Dayshire, um, and you can go to thelastdayshire.com and find it there. Um, this original run of the series, The Leprechaun, and the ones that will follow it, will be free. On the website, um, I'm probably going to post PDFs to make it much easier for people. Or you can get it on Amazon. I think if you just go to The Last Day Shire on Amazon Kindle, you can find it there for 99 cents. And, and do you write under Professor Addy, Addy or use it? Addy. Addy Ambler. Addy Ambler. Yep. So if you I use up, my last name with Addy. Addy's always been my pen name. I think we discussed this before, but I haven't been drunk at the time. I don't remember the answer. You're, 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 you're non-de-plume here. You're non the not the monkey here. That Professor Addy is is from Bones, right? Or no, does, no, no. That you happened. asked me that when we. See, I was drunk. To... I was drunk in Jersey. <laughs> you were driving me. That's horrifying. <laughs> Wait, <what? laughs> in, Jer- in Jersey? No, not in Jersey. Oh, here. No, yeah, you. I was probably. I probably asked <laughs> question was drunk and I wiped out the sober <laughs> answer. I wasn't you, driving drunk. You, you took. <laughs> God, that's horrifying. You, you took my wife and I to uh, the Pinball Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, you yeah. asked me there. And you're like, is that is that a Bones reference? And I'm like, what's Bones? Oh, have you seen this yet? <laughs> uh, I I've not seen Bones, but I do okay. know now what you're talking yeah. about. No, Addy is a name that I used. Oh God, that's like early, like AIM internet. Okay. Ah, yes. Um, and uh, it just it just stuck. So, and I've always written under Addy. Oh, that's cool. Which I always loved, and then uh, I actually had one of my short stories called The Howl House, mm-hmm. which is also, you can find it under miscellaneous short stories on The Last Day Shire. Mm-hmm. My wife, her uncle, reads stories for the blind through a radio show. Yep, cool. And uh, he was like, if you can get us this edited down and whatnot, I would love to read it. So I did, and the radio announcer put me in as Aunt Andy. Ah. And so I'm sitting around with all of my friends. We're waiting to hear this. And, it's like, and this is a short piece called The Howl House by Andy Ambler. And, I, and my, my, friend, my friend Adam looked at me and went, fuck. Nothing, <laughs> nothing wrong with the name Andy. <laughs> and why do you say that? <laughs> I don't know. I've always liked it. Uh, if you do get a wild hair up your ass to watch the, the Bones, by the time Professor Addy leaves the show, mm-hmm. it's pretty much gotten aboard. It's in a set pattern and there's no reason you're watching it beyond that anyway so oh good so, so how many seasons of bones should i watch i think it's about two that's okay it's about two i'm gonna pass yeah. which two uh, two, the first sound, two. two sounds generous i would say just the first season well you gotta right? get through the you gotta get through the whole professor first season is generous i'd say <laughs> two episodes watch luke stop. cage also is this a horrible premonition of what will happen to the show i walk out that door and it just yep. <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> what have i wrought no so gentlemen what geeky things you do this week uh, I, I'm almost in the the mat position here. I mean, we watched some stuff. Through, oh, we watched Polar. Polar was amazing. Talk, tell me about Polar. Polar is based on a Dark Horse comic book, and we were just sitting around and looking at what's on Netflix, and it was something that popped up new, and uh, we didn't expect much out of it at all, and we're both blown away. We yeah. sat there after going, holy crap. Take the script to Taken and the script to... Oh shit! What was the other movie that it reminded me of? God damn it! I forgot. Reds? Uh, no. It's a classic. Yeah. It's, it's it's like an old, it's an old story. It's been done million. It's it's the retired assassin who's trying to just move on, and and uh, people are trying to kill him. Yeah, 
and uh, but it, but and that's what we expected. We expected okay, well this will be just you know fun popcorn, and it was so much more than it, that. It's it's well performed. It's uh, it's Tarantino level violence. Ooh, I'm on board. Yeah. There's a hallway fight. Yes, I I, I told Andy as like we're watching. Yeah, and, and I turned to Andy and I'm like, okay, I've decided that the 2010s is the decade of hallway fights <laughs> because old boy, daredevil, and, and we're watching Polar. And in fact, after we were done with Polar, I put on The Raid, which has a couple hallway fights. And so... Um, and then I made him watch the first, well, the, the three-minute parkour scene in... Uh, the beginning of um, uh, District B thirteen. It's basically a hallway chase scene. Yeah, and it yeah that was that was pretty cool parkour stuff. Assault on so. pre- precinct. No, it's a uh, just District B thirteen. It's a French film. Uh, it's a, yeah the parkour film. Yeah, it's, yeah, and, and, and that's great. Is basically, the the main character is a not an actor. He's a parkour guy, but he's fine. He's he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's very good. But they hired him because he could do parkour, and so the thing. Oh, he's a. Uh, He's the one clean guy in the neighborhood. Just like Jim Cotta. <laughs> yes. Similar. Actually, they made an American version of it, and they used the same actor in it. Um, I can't remember what it's called. It wasn't as good. But, Parkour uh, man. But, uh, yeah, he, it starts off with he's he's stolen the, the drug dealers that control the neighborhood. Uh, he's, still, he's stolen their, a big bag of their heroin, I think it is, something, some drug. Yeah. And and he destroys it. He's, he's got his bathtub throwing chemicals in it, and once you get on the drain... And they come in to get him, and then it's him being chased by a million drug dealers through a decaying tenement building. I'm sold. It sounds it's, great. Yeah, yeah, the first five minutes are so exciting. Yep. And then you're just on board for the rest of the movie. Right, man. Pretty cool. Um, and it's the concept is it's slightly future Paris, and they've just decided instead of dealing with the, the slums, they're just going to mm-hmm. wall them off. So the slums are walled off, and he's like one of the last. It, it has a little of a escape from New York feel bit, to it yeah. with that. Is that you know you just see these giant walls mm. with uh, like kind of like border stations, being mm. like, no, you're part of this ghetto, you can't go over there. And yeah, yeah it's it's cool. It's a good movie. Precinct B thirteen. No, no, District B thirteen. District B. District B thirteen. <laughs> it was on Netflix for a while. It's I not anymore. It's not yeah, anymore. Yeah, we we looked around for it, and it's. The, the streaming is uh, charge, yeah. so okay. Um, there, it's yeah, not Amazon, around for free. I think Amazon had it for charge, like two ninety nine, yeah, something like that. Okay, something like that. It's but, it's one I will buy. I'll find the DVD at some point and buy yeah. it because that one's worth seeing many times. Precinct B thirteen, yeah, but District no, B thirteen. <laughs> but Polar is uh, well. First of all, it's 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 Mads, Mads McKelson. Oh, oh, I'm on board okay. now. Yeah. Oh yeah, and he he's is, great. He is great. He he's just and you know it's also classic Mads Mikkelsen because he's just is it Mikkelsen? Like, You're saying Mikkelsen before it's Mikkelsen. Mik- you know what? I can't even remember what the fuck it is. It's Figi. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And 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 he he he's just got that world wearied. I'm so fucking tired. Uh, but then he turns out to be. Uh, Really, really fucking, you know. The old. baddest of asses? Yes, he is. Ah, okay, I'm sorry. I, I was blanking before. Take the script of Taken and John Wick and do a riffle shuffle. Oh. And then right. give it to Tarantino to direct. Right. It all goes to hell and when he came Boom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> huh. 
Wow. No. Yeah. That happens. Cut so that fucking part out. What? What? No, I mean, he spoiled something. I, he's God right. He should cut that out. The Man. turkey. The face, uh, too. Oh, just, my God. It was just like... Kay's just like, the oh. fuck, what man? What the hell is <laughs> with you? That's going to be fun, because I think you will cut that out, but this, this keep it the part where I'm being yelled at. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to... Bleep it? Just, I'm going to mangle it, so uh, okay. if anybody wants to oh, good. go in there and put the backwards, forward, and forwards, backward, feel nice. free. All right, but um, yeah, at Vanessa Hudgens, mm-hmm. I'm like sitting there for the half the movie, and I'm like, who the fuck is that and then i just finally broke down and looked it up and i was like jesus christ because she, she's told her character is totally plain jane right so the the lighting is all unflattering there is no glam makeup going on or anything um and there's no scene where she like puts takes off her glasses and she ruffles her hair and exactly, she's suddenly beautiful exactly yeah right no i don't know so, who this is high school musical Okay. series and uh, what was the and she was also a disney starlet girl mm. all right i probably don't know that and uh there's a couple movies that you would know she was just um, in rent on sunday if, oh yeah which i still have to see yeah, no you I don't everyone too, said it was awful i don't care really? i still want to see it yeah but she was i mean she was basically one of those disney girls she dated okay. zach afrin efron you know that whole spiel zach afrin um i waited yeah. on her once she's pretty nice mickelson yeah but she she was very good and it was just, and for a while, they're unrecognizable. Mm. I was just like, who the fuck is that? I couldn't figure out. And I always like that. I always like it when the glamorous mm-hmm. ones are, you're just like, who the hell is that? Um, it's got a couple <clears throat> weird cameos. So you're just like, whoa, they got that person? Mm-hmm. Uh, starting off with the first person in the movie you see is Johnny Knoxville, which I didn't know until he came up in the credits. Like, yeah. where was he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> really? Yeah. And he's totally not. Well, kind of Johnny Knoxville, but not completely. So the character is like, oh, I could, yeah, that makes sense. He's playing that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and it's <laughs> at one point, Andy turned to me and he's like, I'm glad to see gratuitous shots of boobs have made a return. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of boobs, a lot of boobs, and uh, um, quirky characters. Yeah. The, the, there's that, a bunch of really quirky assassins. Yeah, just uh, just a little, just a little weird. Like Not a, like a David Lynch sort of thing. Yeah, more of a, um, almost, and I, I don't mean this negatively. Almost um, um, uh, Hudson Hawk. Okay. okay, sure. Yeah. Okay, sure. Because you and I apparently are the forever. only two people in the world that liked Hudson Hawk. Yeah, I liked Hudson Hawk. Yeah. See, there's three, right. there three, there three, three, yeah, there's three of us. There's it, three of us. There's three. I'm not of saying it doesn't have flaws, but I think there was there, sure. were, there were parts of a good movie in there. Yeah. Um, the uh, before we start talking about Hudson Hawk, um, <laughs> we've done that before. We don't need yeah. to do it again. It it it, it kind of it if if you have Tarantino directed, but you have the Coen brothers put in suggestions for characters. Hmm. Oh. How does that work? That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. There's, a, there's a little, that kind of quirk. But it was, I mean, the fun part of it was, and everyone's listening is going to lose that, but for me and Kay, it was just like, what is this? Let's watch this. It's like, oh, this yeah. is not what I expected at all. I had seen it on a stuff on Netflix you have to watch. So, and I'm like, Mads, it's Mads, of course. Let's yep. do this. And holy crap. Holy yep. crap. Polar. Yeah. Adapted from the graphic novel. Um, Hardcore Henry popped up on Netflix too, okay. and, and we made it through twenty minutes oh, of that. Oh God. no! Oh. No, not good. It's uh, the first person movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I 
about 10 minutes into, I turned to Kane and said, I, I want to play the game, but I don't want to watch this. Yeah, <laughs> I, I attempted to watch it when it was like on Cinemax, and no. I just, I couldn't. Yeah. It was the worst Twitch stream ever. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it's... Sir, it's, I it, beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> I have that rifle thrown. You will not take that from me. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. The gauntlet has been thrown. <laughs> it was It was actually like... Um, like a like a YouTube web series kind of quality. Oh my! You know the acting. The, oh the, oh my! The production value was it was it was sort of the, long. Di- like, the dialogue felt very much like cutscenes from a poorly written video game. Yeah. Is there like a like a big name star in it too? Uh, yeah yeah. Uh, the the bad guy who I I can't remember now, but yeah, it's bad mm. guys in there. Bad. Mm. Uh oh uh oh. Lars, Uh-oh. he was. Von Trier? No. no. Oh. A bishop from Aliens? You're going to make me look. No, that's Lance, Lance Hendrickson. No. Lance Hendrickson is in a great uh, Western. I think I mentioned this before. He's in a oh, really? great Western. Called, it's, he looks old as hell. and he looked, He's looked old as hell for the last 30 years. <laughs> yes, he has. He looks even older now. Uh, Lance Hendrickson and... Charlotte Copley. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Charlotte Copley. Okay. Yep. Ooh, Haley Bennett's in it, too. Um, it's Lance Hendrickson and... He's and, good. Um, I mean, but... <laughs> Tim Roth's in it, of course. Nah, keep going. I'll find. I'll find the name of it all because it's. Yeah. Well, that's who I. That's who I thought it was because I'd seen a little bit of promotional material and I went. Isn't yeah. that uh, the guy that was in Harbinger Down? And then yeah. I just kind of moved on. I mean, it's an interesting concept, um, and there are bits and pieces of it where they do little things like when you see the characters' hands, where you know they're actually they're actually uh, uh, directly referencing. You know, this is exactly how it would look in a video game. If your character was to wave his hands like this or something, so but overall it was, uh, you know, I maybe I'm sliding it a bit. It I guess it's a little better than a YouTube web series, but the, the gimmick um, doesn't sell. Well, it's just the dialogue, the is structure, dumb. the dialogue. I mean, he's right. The dialogue is it's like a, a your typical scripted video game. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a deliberate choice because I saw enough in there that looked like a deliberate choice, and maybe that was part of the plan. But it just—I'll I'll probably sit sloppy? through it. It's schlocky. I'll okay. probably sit through and watch watch it sometime this week just to catch the end of it and see what's going on. I won't work force you to watch it though because it was, I was the longer we watched it, the more I was embarrassed to be watching it with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, we all it, have those if, movies. If, if you're getting that feeling and it's not porn, yeah. it's, it's the movie. It's yeah. not you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the movie is called Gone Are the Days. It's Lance Hendrickson and uh, Tom Berenger. Oh, wow. Tom Berenger came and, What a combo. God and dang. I, you know, from the description, it looked like, again, it was like, I was like, I'll watch this, this stupid old Western shoot 'em up. And it starts off with like 20 minutes of Lance Hendrickson on his deathbed, essentially, trying to get his ass moving and get out of his ranch. And he's just, it's just almost no dialogue, and it's fascinating. Oh. It's like, yeah. And then stuff happens slowly, but you know, it, it is not a fast-paced movie. What's it called again? Uh, Gone Are the Days, and it's, it's pretty much brand new. Um, Andy and I watched Bo Burnham's What, which... What? Yeah, what? exactly. <laughs> Who? Um, and I wh- love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was brilliant. I was actually, that's not conventional stand-up. And he's a pretty no. talented guy, so it's actually very, very entertaining and very, very smart and very funny. Partially based on that, I tried to watch the Tim Minjin special that's on now, and that was 
not as fun. It was no. funny, too, because the way mentions that special started, it actually was a lot. It reminded me of like an attempt at Bo Burnham. Mm-hmm. It was it's, very interesting. Well, Tim mentions it's not the, the one from when he was at the, uh, shit, I totally blanked out on the name of the theater in, in London. Probably it is. It's a very fancy theater. He's barefoot. Yeah. He does his first song about being a rock star. Is he in a, a like a blue tuxedo? No, he's no, like in a big okay, long then coat. No, that's a different one. Then. Yeah, yeah, different. I like his stuff, but but yeah, I but I, I made he it. was fucking brilliant in Californication. Uh, yes, he that holy shit, what a what a performer. I mean, probably he was playing very close to him, but it was very good. He was really good. Yeah, he had a, he has a song called Con, which is actually context because he yes. loses half the mm-hmm. words, so he sings it through with just half the lyrics, and it sounds like this bigoted just horrible awful song and then he goes oh here's the missing page and right. he reads through it and, and sings the whole song and together and then I've, it just i've heard I that was, one is it yeah. is hilarious it is now that you said con um when they're on the bridge enterprise and then mm-hmm. the captain leaves and he turns to the whoever's the next in command he says, says you have the con do you say con or calm c-o-n-n con, con. I thought that was just wrong. I saw that in print. I'm like, that nope. that doesn't look right at all. I, I, I thought it was calm. I always thought it was calm as well, and yeah, command. But what's it stand for? The one military person I spoke to command said it's <laughs> control. Yeah. Why is there two ends? Con and ops, which are basically. Why are the two ends in control? I don't know. Mm. You'll have to ask Janet Jackson. All right. It's con and ops, control and operations. Control is the navigation. It's the helm and the navigation console put together. Oh, thank you, guys. I I was so sure that was wrong. I'm like, why do they have that in print? What's wrong with you people? This is one of those things that I never realized I was wrong about. Right. I I didn't realize (laughs) it until just this second. I always thought it was. was You and I were today years old when we found that out. C O N N. I didn't, yeah. If I and didn't work at Star Trek, I never would have known. Yeah. It makes total And how could it be anything but con? <laughs> Speaking of, uh, I watched the uh, first episode of Discovery. What's your uh, thoughts for season on two? season two of season, Discovery? I really like it. I think it's got a lot of potential. I can't wait to see the rest of it. So when are you going to resubscribe to uh, CBS All Access? A uh, couple months. Is okay. season one still available to watch? Or is that... You know, yeah, season okay. one's still available. So if you haven't seen it, and you sign up for all access. You can watch the entire first season as well as season two. And all those little short stories they made in between. The short treks. Oh, did yep. they? Okay. Yeah. I know about uh, those. Season one, uh, season two, rather, episode one is available for free currently on YouTube. So if anybody wants to check it out, it's uh, it's available. And uh, yeah, very very cool. I really enjoyed it. I. I- I was on the side of the room painting while you were watching it. Yes. Trying not to pay attention because I I, want to. Well, you had your headphones on. It's true. I was doing a good job, but there were times that I couldn't help myself because that's an action-oriented series. Yes. Mm. And it really was like there were, I'd say, you know, five or ten good action scenes in there. And then the dialogue interspersed. But the way that the whole thing is shot now, it's very cinematic. So the camera's moving a lot. Um and uh, yeah, just it's really fascinating. Um, it looks very good. I haven't seen yeah. any of it. I was just watching, I think season three of TNG uh-huh. again, and like, I, and I've seen the promotional material for Discovery, and just you're right, it is very cinematic. Yeah. And um, during uh, oh, what is what is the episode where Picard goes down to the the planet and ends up doing Indiana Jones shit? Oh, uh, when he, when, one of the early ones where you find out he's an archaeologist on top of everything yeah. else? Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm. Is that the one where he's vacationing on Risa? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, shoot. He has uh, to trade out the Horgan for a bag of sand. So it's where, where he meets Vosh. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, that's right. I forgot you, forgot, I forgot you hate Next Generation. Sorry, Seikai. Wow. I'm not. Wow. Yeah, I know. Wow. I know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, give me like, a minute. I'll, listen I'll think to of the, the slander. Name of the yeah. We were watching yeah. that and we watched a few after it. And I turned to my wife and I'm like, Captain's Holiday. It's amazing how yes, much you. story you can do with just a flat screen. Yeah. Like you don't have you don't have to be super cinematic to be like thought provoking dialogue and storytelling. And I feel like I do feel like Star Trek really lost that. The the whole less is more thing. Yeah. It depends. I wouldn't say Discovery has gotten completely that way. Um I think I know why it's that way. What? Oh. Because for the past twenty years writing courses have really 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 overdone the show don't tell yes and people are now students can't even write a first draft before the professor is like there's too much talking going on you need to have something happening that's you need to reveal character through action not have people talk and while there is a point to that there is actually a thing called expository mm-hmm. writing. And yes. I love exposition. Yeah. 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 That, well, I mean, actually, that's, I honestly feel that's the problem. I was going to say, that's not a bad analysis because, I mean, you look at all the Michael Bay Transformer films, it's all spectacle. Yeah. There's so little, if any, story in any of those films. That's why when I went and saw Bumblebee and I was just like, wow, here's a film where you have exposition, you have character development you have dialogue that makes sense between characters and you have a story that builds you have the you know the basic story format i uh if you don't mind me getting into it no go ahead. um what for why are you here for, turn put down that <laughs> microphone why aren't you canadian bitch <laughs> what the hell who's gonna flush the toilet on my way out <laughs> <laughs> How, um, where, where did that? <laughs> he crawled out of the toilet at the beginning of the episode. Oh, yeah, okay. back down. It's the called toilet. a callback. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I never ever mentioned flushing a toilet. No, he did. <laughs> oh, you wait. You didn't flush the. To- oh, Andy. I did. I'm sorry. I flushed like six times. Oh, okay. But that's good. Um, I appreciate just wasting that. water. At that but uh, <laughs> for. <laughs> Wasting I'm wasting water. I'm going to buy you some yeah. of that weird film stuff you pour into the toilet. Poopery. <laughs> yeah. Poopery is amazing. You know, it, that, it, I, it tastes delicious, too. <laughs> put that in, an put that in yeah. Kit's uh, litter box. Just so. Anyway. Anyway. So, and, and like, you're very right, is that there is this idea of, you know, we need to show everything instead of having exposition everything (laughs) which everything kind of it does sort of work in a visual storytelling medium but they do do it in writing now and it doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense and you you see it in video games too you see it when you touch on something that people kind of know but it's your own take but because you're not doing any of the the monologuing about it uh and this is something i learned from uh reading the dresden files and something that i just had to do uh, for my own work, Insatiable, the main... Yeah, you heard me. <laughs> that's UK. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> Man, is, uh, especially at the end, John Holmes? No, that's Beyond the Green Door. No, you're thinking of Insatiable 2. 
Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Oh, wait, is this already taken? Uh-oh. Old school porn. <laughs> taken? <laughs> taken was cool. Liam Neeson, mm. man. He's an old man who can kick ass. And I will kill you. <laughs> old school form. But, uh, <laughs> so, anyway. spoilers. The, um, the main antagonist for Insatiable is a Wendigo. And um, so many people have dealt with Wendigos. And I, I definitely pull from each one a little bit. Um, the original um, Algernon Blackwood story of the Wendigo. Um, what is it? Uh, in, Until Dawn, the game that came out that was for the PlayStation 4 that was like a choose-your-own-adventure. I don't know you this. Need to, you need to see this. I need to unfuck this. that immediately. <laughs> so, spoiler, you find out halfway through their Wendigos, but it's just the coolest fucking game. Um, yes. but uh, Wendigos in Until Dawn, yes. That yes. is the one. But... Uh, you know, that was one of those things that as I'm picking through and being like, I'm making my Wendigo now, there are certain things in the literature that are like, you know, it has to be this way or it has to be this way. And that's that isn't fun from a storytelling perspective. You want to do your own thing. And when you in writing <laughs> in writing, when you uh, you just pick and choose these pieces, but you never explain that it's like you never have what oh what is it there it's a literary thing that you use for like there needs to be the idiot in the room to explain things to the idiot narrator it's not the maybe oh i don't know are you talking about when you you do a complex uh there's a Someone complex give a explanation, explain to, and then yeah. somebody says, like you know, the you know, like taking the air out of a balloon, you know that not not uh, that not it's, that um, one, okay, it's like a like a. I didn't think clowns were that dangerous. And then the person goes, oh, you have no idea. And, and gets that into opens why. up the exposition of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, there isn't enough of that anymore. There isn't enough of, you know, how is that? How is that a Wendigo? That's not even possible. Well, let me explain to you how that's possible. And then you go into paragraphs and paragraphs. Well, it, how ex- that's possible. expositions set up the rules for the story. Exactly. Yeah. The things that you can and can't do. Yep. And you have to do that every once in a while, uh, especially if you do any kind of long-running series. Um, Harry Potter even did it with, you know, every once in a while, he does kind of have to explain who Voldemort is again, just in case. Sure. There is a belief among a lot of writers that there's a lot of Hollywood executives, especially with movies, that are you need to tailor down your scripts for audiences who have a very short attention span, and you need to show everything Mm -hmm. so you don't need to tell everything. You can't make a movie that's two hours, two and a half, three hours long because they don't make money because people want to just watch the quick popcorn film and then move yep. on to the next one, which is repeatedly disproven by box office results. Yep. When you have a fantastic movie that's really well written and is three hours long and makes a shit ton of movie of money at the box yep. office, you know, rinse and repeat. But these these same execs still keep thinking the attention span of the average moviegoer, you know, that teenage to early 20s moviegoer that yeah. is their bread and butter can't sit still for two hours and that's really not the case when you look at it from a reality perspective yeah and that was but, uh that was something i think oh i think uh, red letter media talked about with a quiet place yeah. saying we went to saw this on a saturday and all the teenagers were watching the screen and not their phones yeah because that's what happens when you tell a good story yes and that's that's really the point is I, I and I've seen a few other uh, critical analyses of movies where they say that it's like it's not 
that people don't have the sh- have a an attention span that can sit for two and mm-hmm. a half three hours. It's because the story's not compelling. Yeah. So you try to make up for that Sorry, I through wasn't spectacle. Paying attention, what? Exactly. <laughs> so a lot of these studios and directors try to make up for that lack mm-hmm. of story with all this spectacle, thinking, "Oh, well, this will this will draw their attention," and then people don't go back and see these movies. Yeah. And and then they're then the, you know the studio is dumbfounded as to why this movie failed. And with the price of movies anymore, like you have to put out a yeah. mortgage on your fucking house to go see <laughs> yeah. a movie with a thing of popcorn right you're not spending money on this movie to sit and look at your fucking phone yeah exactly so these people are coming in interested they're already invested yeah. in what you're trying to put out and then you don't deliver it's why they're on their phones exactly I, i'm trying to figure out what the person you say exposition to is and i can't find it somebody somebody out there is an english major knows what the name is what are you talking it, what did you say he was saying the person the character i just heard exposition that's the, char- the character you speak exposition to yeah, that Addy yeah. was talking about. I'm trying to find what that name is, and I can't find it. Uh, Dumb Sally, I think the name Some, is. Yeah, Dumb something. Sally. Are you talking protagonist? No. No, no Dumb Sally. A character. What we were just talking about for 10 minutes. No, I'm trying to, I'm trying to translate Andy right now, and I'm, I'm having Don't do that. It took me years, and it's hard for no, me. No, but I'm usually pretty good at it. That's oh, what I'm trying boy, to figure. It's true. Specifically, we're looking for the character who is uh-huh. there only to be told stuff that the oh. audience needs to know. Yeah. Oh, uh, 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 shit. Dumb Sally. No, no, he's right. There has an actual name. For Addy was if saying you it a few yes. more times. It will become true. <laughs> Mary Sue and Dumb Sally. Yeah. <laughs> They're detectives. I'd watch that. Yeah. Just a bunch of them not figuring shit out. So I finished Andy's Gloomhaven mini this week. Yeah, it's gorgeous. So all the Gloomhaven minis are painted. And which one's mine? God damn it! Don't make me open another goddamn <laughs> box yet. I'm not ready. <laughs> and I've did the priming on my warlord for my army, which is the last piece I have to paint for my army till it's all done for a thousand points, ready to go against Matt, who will not be ready to go. <laughs> So ever, I was still in the mood to paint, and I didn't have a thing to paint. So I'm like, you know wait, what? Wait, 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 wait. How Did do you, you build not a have model? a thing to paint? You have like, I'm not kidding you, at least a thousand things you can paint. You're right kidding because I don't have a thousand things. Well, see here, funny thing is, if he takes his shirt off, he has like a mural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just, true. I've been in a mirror right on the chest. It's the Last Supper with all Star Wars characters whole, with, with the rising sun backgrounds. It's beautiful. <laughs> oh, what is that? Sorry, tangent. Uh, what is that movie where the girl? Is like possessed, and she's like drawing on her tit with her lipstick, and then pushes the lipstick into her nipple, and it disappears. I don't. Wow, know. I it know. was, it was some know. schlocky horror movie. I need wow. to know. Uh, I, I don't. I don't remember that one, but I remember. It, I remember seeing a movie at the drive-in called. God, the hell was it called? But but then that one. I mean, this is the Nomad family is the family they were cursed. And her boobs turn into little monsters with teeth. It's so funny because right now, right now, you know, Jake Godbold is screaming (laughs) at his MP3 player saying the titles of these movies. Oh, good. We'll find out next week. Okay, I'm sorry. Continue. (laughs) So, yes, I have things I can paint, but that means starting off a whole new. That's it. Thank you. Starting off a whole new thing. So I had to start a whole new thing. I had the other half of the box. That my plague marines came in also came with space marines. Okay, so I'm like, I could start them. I like how space marines are painted. I like to see how other people have painted them. I'm gonna give it my shot. But now I have to choose a space marine army to paint. 
Oh. Because with Warhammer rules, the way you paint your Space Marine changes what special ability they have as a group. Wow, this is complicated. So, yeah, so if you play them blue as the Ultramarines, they get a plus one to their leadership, and they can fall back and shoot on the same turn. If you paint them yellow, uh, then they get the ability to ignore terrain when shooting across the battlefield. If you paint them as the white scars, white, then you paint, then they get to advance an extra two inches on their advance. Whatever color you choose decides what ability your army will have, which so, is an awesome piece of, so what of Warhammer. Drop the shoe, man. The fact that you can choose in your hobby and that paint choice chooses what happens to your army going forward. So I have chosen... Uh, I haven't chosen. <laughs> Go with rainbow. Because that's the a unicorn hard Marines. I feel like I'm, I'm uninformed, even though I know what all those things do, of which one I want to go to. So that's, this is what I've decided. I have a set of cheap space marines that I bought at auction a while back. We recall the auction. Right. Mm-hmm. I think what I'm going to do is take that group and paint each one its own chapter. And whichever color scheme I enjoyed painting the most, I'm going to go with that for my Space Marine Army. Wow. An nice. aesthetic choice. I an like it. An aesthetic choice. Okay. So I'm gonna, whether I'm going to do the salamanders, whether I'm going to do the white scars, the blood angels, dark angels, there's so many goddamn right. marine. Let me, let I me see your lips moving, but all I hear is... <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, I know. Let's talk electric cars and football. <laughs> if, uh, if, if you get halfway into this and this doesn't satisfy that, uh-huh. sit and watch as much RuPaul's Drag Race as you can. Ah. Smoke a bunch of weed. Okay. And then start painting. Wow! I want to see those space marines. <laughs> it's gonna be, it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna so be I had, amazing. It's among, gonna be like among warrior the weird jubilee. Had, among the weird dreams I had this week, along with being Doctor Who, one of the dreams Ooh. I had, I was, uh, it was on a, I was in a prank show where I was one being pranked, and I was supposed to be raising money for a charity, and they told me Madonna was gonna help out with raising the money. Okay, but they didn't get Madonna. They got Mandana, who was a drag queen. And then I looked up Mandana. There are several bands called Mandana. Of course there are. <clears throat> of course there are. Of course this is something you'd dream. <laughs> for the Geek Shock Book Club, uh, we're in between books. We're actually polling for the new book. The poll's probably going to shut down on uh, early on Wednesday. So you have up until the time you hear this in like a half a day to vote on February's book. So I love the choices for this this next round. So what? Whoever wins, I'm down. It sounds all sounds good. All right. Before you get into that, I got a correction. Okay. Uh, um, last week uh, I was talking about evacuation bingo. Yes. Yes. I uh, I got Brogas bingo right, despite what you guys think. <laughs> <laughs> but evacuation bingo, I, I short shifted. Uh, John Bean Hastings posted something on the lair. He posted uh, uh, Professor uh, uh, Mojo Nixon's uh, treatise, uh, uh, Chicken Drop, which explains ev- uh, evacuation bingo in great detail. But it's a, it's a grade of 100 uh, squares, and you can buy as many squares as you want. It's the one that it goes on. It's not actual bingo. You don't have to get a whole roulette. line. Essentially, it's roulette. Yes. Pooplet. But, you know, country folk don't know roulette so well. Oh, okay. 
So it's bingo. I Because I, it would be a long bingo yeah. game, even if you had multiple chickens. Yeah. News you don't give a shit about. <laughs> Coley got you off guard. No, I was looking for Caves. Give me the death glare. Yeah, it's, it's uh, that's, you, know. you know, it's one thing to get when you actually hear you get to see Caves death glare. See, the fun thing is, do you guys hear the music in your headphones? Because <laughs> I'm the one not wearing headphones. So you did. News you don't give a shit about. And I went. Oh, there's no, no sound. No, there is no, no, no. <laughs> that's added later. That's post. Yeah. That's added in post. Oh, yeah. Cut that part. Yeah. <laughs> no, nope. I, nope. That's name. <laughs> you got to see how the sausage is made. Oh, and then. <laughs> ah! Oh, thank there you. you. Thank you. There you are. Waiting. That's how it's made. Now I have to restart the music over again. News <laughs> <laughs> you don't give a shit about the latest Star Wars game to get the mid development axe. Apparently would have been an open-world adventure with a series of Nathan Drake-worthy scripted narrative set pieces, according to Gary Whitta, screenwriter of Rogue One, a Star Wars story, as well as a long list of video game titles set both in and out of the Star Wars universe. Quote, I saw a bunch of that game and it looked terrific, Whitta said on a recent episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily. After it was canceled, I saw some stuff. I saw what they had up to that point. It was far from finished, but it looked amazing. It would have been Star Wars Uncharted, which I'm very excited about, unquote. But EA's evident decision to scrap the game in order to shift the focus to a number of smaller, less ambitious projects represents a bungling of one entertainment's most bankable brands, would have added. If I was an EA shareholder, I'd be fucking furious, he said. It's EA's Star Wars license has been catastrophically mismanaged. Via Kotaku... EA's Vancouver studio took over development in what was then a reported linear Star Wars title after EA shuttered Visceral Games, where the project first began with the original Uncharted Drake's Fortune director Amy Henning as part of the development team. EA Vancouver reportedly inherited Visceral's work, rebooting it into an even more ambitious open-world adventure. Quote, My understanding is that they, EA, were saying all the way through it is that we don't want to make Star Wars Uncharted. Well, maybe don't hire the narrative director of the Uncharted games to make it for you and figure out what it is you actually want, would it chided. Kotaku's report indicates the canceled game, quote, was very early in development, but would involve playing as a scoundrel or bounty hunter who could explore various open world planets and work with different factions across the Star Wars universe, unquote. The game's long development cycle, which meant that its release date wouldn't be arriving anytime soon, reportedly prompted EA to nix development in favor of something less ambitious in order to get a Star Wars-branded title out the door into gamers' hands much quicker. In the meantime, uh, the Star Wars game that appears to be EA's next release is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which the company teased with a few details at last year's E3, PC Gamer reports Fallen Order is currently targeted for a November release in that it appears to be a third-person action-adventure game. I get the math on it, but, uh, I mean, and didn't, uh, wasn't there a Star Trek open world that just got canceled or something? Or There was something that was they shut down. I think, I, I think that's this. No, I, Star Trek. I haven't heard of any Star Trek open world game in development. So I thought Big the last said Star it. Trek anything I remember is that... Uh, Bridge Command, I think is what it was mm, called. The, the VR game. Yeah. Yeah, which is uh, good. Biggs will correct. I've heard, yeah. In order to get this whole episode, you have to go to the lair and get all the corrections. And, oh, sure, and, sure, of course. Uh, I'm sad because I want a Star Wars open world game. That's what I've wanted all my life. Right. And EA, EA canned it. EA, 
does not deserve the Star Wars license. Period. After, it doesn't deserve a lot of what it has. That's true, too. After the whole Battlefront 2 debacle, mm-hmm. and then this, we're going to shut down our big, overhanded, monster, lots of work, awesome, open world game in order to pump out a lot of smaller games so we can get things out faster. Yeah. Fuck off. Seriously. I just It kills me. They put all that time and money into it, and then they're just like... Well, it sounds like they put a lot Let's of time and money. Cash grab. It sounds like they put a lot of time and money into it, but they had a lot more time and money to throw into it to make it a game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was it was well on its way, early development, but there's plenty of work in it. Yeah, and and it's not the first time this goddamn thing happened. This a game was being made, uh, kind of along these lines. It was a scoundrel bounty hunter game. And that's got shut off once EA got the license, and they cut that one down altogether to work on Battlefront. It, uh, how, how about stop giving the exclusive license to one goddamn company and give multiple licenses to multiple companies to get multiple games and let them fight it out in the public arena as that's which one's good. Great like idea. Games Workshop. Like Games Workshop. Like they games license workshop. the fuck out that's of That's exactly stuff. what they do with Warhammer stuff. It's why we have incredible games like Total War Warhammer. And you also have shitty ones that you never heard of because they get lost in yeah. the field of the better game. Yeah, they, uh, they let... Anyone who's anyone, just make a Warhammer game, and if it's good, they promote the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. And if it's not that great, they just go, eh, well, it can still exist, but we're just not going to talk about it. Well, you, probably the corporate argument is going, and it's going to be ironic, what I'm about to say, Okay, but in light of what we just read, but you're probably going to have the studio people arguing you don't want to dilute the IP by spreading it around to everybody, because I could, I could actually. You said if the if if it sucks, mm-hmm. it just disappears. Yeah, and they probably are not very fond of that idea it's, happening. It's probably because you're right, because it's Star Wars. Yeah, but because we're talking about you know we're yeah, all War- very familiar with Warhammer. Warhammer can totally get away with that. But I can you know I can go to my grandmother and be like. Space Marines this, and right. what are the, those Zerg alien things that, and she wouldn't know what the hell I'm right. talking about, you but say I say Jedi. Huh, I say Jedi, she knows Boom. exactly what I'm talking uh, yeah, about. Right. And, and, I mean, Grandma, and it's Grandma's not, got the, uh, the uh, Obi-Wan on it, her, on her yep. cross. It's yeah. not like I disagree with Torgo. I think, you know, mm-hmm. I, let, let's, let's, uh, let's have Ken Watanabe say, let them fight, you know, just, just give it to, let, well, yeah, let anybody have it, but don't do exclusives and let let people be forced to be inventive mm-hmm. because they have to, you know, what are we going to get that's going to get people to buy our game versus the other company's version? Yep. And if you want that your IP in front of eyeballs, more releases will do that. This is EA again fucking up release stuff. Yeah, it's too bad. It's it's funny t- t- talking about this. At first I was going to make a crack at you about Star Wars man babies, um, I actually <laughs> I actually put one on on YouTube when Andy was downstairs. And oh no! We got two minutes, three minutes when Andy's like, "The hell is his? <laughs> what, what, what's going on? This guy's a total idiot! I can't, you know." And because it, it was one of those stupid fucking. We won. We kicked. We kicked her out of the whole thing. Now, yeah. now it's ours I mean, again. Okay, she got promoted, but yeah, she's kicked out. You know, she. <laughs> we won. She's gone. 
I mean, you know, she's she's actually been promoted and she's still there, but she's out now. And it's just like, whoo-wee, boy, oh, boy. I watched another one uh, about five minutes of it. It was so funny because they go back to that stupid Ryan Johnson attacks the fans. <laughs> and the guy's like, let me show you these tweets. And he puts up tweets and every, I shit you not, every single one of them is Ryan Johnson going, I've never attacked anybody for disliking the movie. I've gone after nasty assholes. But if you want, if there were things you didn't like, I'm totally up for discussing it. But if you're going to be a nasty asshole, I'm going to be all over you for it. Literally. Those are the tweets. And the guy's like, you know, ah, so if Ryan Johnson keeps attacking the fans, and it's just like, Wow. Wow, <laughs> but it, but wh- apparently it's okay for all the fans to attack him. Yeah, and then, I, and I, they're they're okay with the fact that all these fans are you know being mean and vindictive and yeah. nasty to him. And the did not the denial. But the fact that he's trying not to engage. We wh- talked about Last Jedi, and I mentioned that Kelly Tran's character didn't do a lot for me. I didn't care much for Canto Bite, although you, uh, Todd, actually turned me around a bit on that bit, but. The sheer level of denial of what was done to her uh, by these guys gets me to the point of I'm I'm totally behind her now. Uh, you know I want Rose Tico movies just to fucking piss those bastards <laughs> off. So I was in the, uh, behind it. I was in Target the other day. There's a lot of Rose figures I can get for you. Seriously, that was what's left. That's like that's like that's what's left in the stores now. Is a bunch of rose ones. Just just add to the. Problem. You want you want to make a video there? Yeah, yeah. No. Why, why don't you just make a big video of all the rose dolls and? You see, we just, won. Just throw we won. Yeah, we won. throw fuel on the fire, Andy. <laughs> so it. I just yeah. So, but it, uh, there's a lot of these people also bitch about EA, and what what's going on with uh, with store uh, stories with Star Wars and those. That doesn't make them right, of course, but still. It, it, and, of course, you know. the problem is bigger than just EA's Star Wars lights. It's just EA in general is yeah. kind of yeah, fucking, that's fucking up all of the Because they're not complaining they just about Star Wars. Yes. Boy, oh, boy, there's a lot of EA hate on YouTube. There is. It's a lot of EA hate but, yeah, there's, in there's, general. <laughs> there's, some, there's some proper earned EA hate. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. this, is, this, is not a, this is not an area where people are undeservedly attacking EA. EA deserves everything mm-hmm. that's being thrown at it right now. Because you're taking properties that could easily make them a lot of money and, you know, stories that could be well-crafted that people would like. And they're just doing horrible things to Is them. it the corporate culture? Is there a specific um, CEO? What Can anything be pinned down as to what the hell is going on? It depends which so. project you're yeah. talking about. If you're talking about Battlefield 2, it's the whole loot box culture that they tried to get in on. Uh, Battlefield 1 was okay, but let's face it, for the time that they've had the license, which has been a good long time, we've gotten two games and both of them have been Battlefront. There's a lot you could do with a Star Wars license than play Battlefront. I think part it, it it's partly that and it's partly that the what you said, Kay, but it's also partly that the company has grown so massive that you have all of these different little projects going on under different EA banners and when they finally have, you know, the big corporate meetings and they look at what they've got coming up from, you know, all the different studios that EA owns, and then they're like, oh, wait, what? 
well, can we add loot boxes into that, or can we add this and that into that to make it more, you know, and profitable? That's when things start going to shit. And they're also notorious for buying up companies and yes. then closing them shortly after yeah. when they put them on a project that isn't suited for them and it doesn't perform. I just thought about Westwood and just white knuckled this fucking mm. mic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Westwood's a, a Las Vegas company. One. Yeah, that's right. Las Vegas company. That's why I yeah. knew people that work oh, there. Oh wow! They've yeah. also bought companies that they've shut down immediately, not because they want the game property, but that's because what they were, what this company was working on, was something that would be a com- competition to something that they were working on. So they buy it, shut it down, uh, and just quietly bury the stranger the other tides project. gambit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's awful. It's it's just it, the company has grown too big. Essentially, is what's happened. Weekend Geek! Yay! What's that music? (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I'm not the only one hearing it. (laughs) Universal has brought in Bloomhouse head Jason Bloom and upgrade Insidious creator Lee Whannell to lead a new version of The Invisible Man, a property which joined the Universal Monsters canon back in 1933, filmed with the same name starring Claude Rains in the title role. Bloom who's already teamed with Winnell on both of the four film Insidious franchise and Upgrade, will produce why Winnell will direct. The project is beginning of a new effort by Universal to revitalize its classic monster properties, an effort that's already sputtered on the big screen twice. Uh, First, there was the prequel effort uh, Dracula Untold, uh, which could have introduced a larger universe with its time-jumping ending, had it performed better in the box office in 2014. Then there was The Mummy, 2017's reboot of the classic franchise starring Tom Cruise and Sofia Batella in the title role. The Mummy was rolled out with significant fanfare from Universal and announced as the first chapter in what the studio called Dark Universe, an interconnected world of monster movies that would be sort of a horror answer to the MCU. In addition to Cruz and Batella, Russell Crowe was brought in as Henry Jekyll. Uh, Johnny Depp was announced as the Invisible Man. And Javier Bardem was teased as Frankenstein's monster. A writer's room was assembled. And the plan was to keep churning out new connected takes on the various classic monsters, which made their debut in the 30s. Then the film underperformed both critically and commercially. And plans for the Dark Universe were put on hold. Things got even shakier when Alex Kurtzman, the Mummy's director and expected architect of the whole Dark Universe, left the writer's room to focus more on Star Trek streaming series on CBS. Now, while Universal isn't ruling out future connections between its monster films, the Dark Universe concept seems all but dead, as studio executives confirmed to Variety that the focus is more on individual efforts and directorial choices rather than interconnected tent poles so the invisible man i know i didn't see him what's that yeah of course can't see him um have they done i mean i know there's been a couple invisible man movies but they aren't necessarily the invisible man from the book right there was a kevin bacon movie uh yes the hollow, hollow man. man hollow man, hollow man. yeah yes but has the invisible man been remade uh not really I, not that I can remember as such, but there has been lots of well, takes had, off of it. There was the Chevy Chase. Memoirs of an Invisible yeah. Man, which is actually a pretty good film. Yeah. But has there been a H.G. Wells Invisible Man? I can't remember. 
I can't remember if they used him in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen in the actual movie. They, I think they did. He was in it. He was in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's creepy as hell in the book. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, they the, did, they the, didn't quite use him that way in the movie. No, they didn't. But the yeah, the book. The, uh, yeah, especially the. Uh, <laughs> the the nunnery or the uh, the girls' school or whatever it is he's yep. hanging out in. Yeah. Well, the <clears throat> no, the way Hyde finally uh, exacted revenge on him. Uh, it was, it's just like he's all naked, or or I'm sorry, Invisible Man. You know, takes off his clothes. <laughs> like we're already in the dark universe. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's actually kind of like that because <laughs> it, Invisible Man sheds his clothes to be invisible, and Hyde's like, <laughs> I can smell you, and then he gives Invisible Man exactly what he's been giving out mm. and oh. and that kind of like and it's just and it's 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 you know it's alan moore it's well written and it's drawn and it suggests things and it's it's fabulous it's just and bone chilly mm-hmm. i love that wizard <laughs> alan moore's great mm-hmm. i'm so glad that I, I, I get it, Universal. You really want to bring these monsters back. They're yours. It would They're work. bankable. I'm pulling for you. Yeah, the concept. The concept. I, they, I, I don't see anything wrong with the concept. They just they keep making bad movies. Yeah, the Dark Universe. You, you let it go. Smart move. Just go out there and, and make some movies. Make some good director visioned movies. Mm-hmm. They the 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 superhero movie community as a whole. And the franchise movie community just needs to give like Robert Downey Jr. a billion dollars because every <laughs> time, every time, why they're trying to get rid of him. <laughs> one of these things comes up, it's like you realize Favreau casting him in Iron Man. It like it totally set the MCU off on it the correct foot, mm-hmm. and if you don't do that. Your franchise thingy is gonna fail, right? You can get good movies, a la Wonder Woman, Aquaman, mm-hmm. but where's where's the whole DCEU franchise thing going? On it's, TV, you know it exactly, mm-hmm. uh, and that's well, they tried that. They tried to hinge this on Tom Cruise, right? We ha we have our own ju- ju- yeah. Downey Jr. His name is Cruise, yeah. and he's gonna sail us to the dark universe, and you know, yeah. Well, and part of the problem there is. With all love and affection to RDJ at the time of Iron Man, you know, I mean, he didn't have a Mission Impossible franchise no, no. behind him and stuff like that. So this was something that could totally be him. Cruise, it's 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 just another franchise, really. He has star power, but it's really just another franchise. Yeah, but also Cruise, if I remember right, when Cruise got on board, as he tends to do. He starts rewriting the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, because he typically has some kind of script approval. Mm. Yeah. And, well, I mean, because that's why the uh, that uh, Green Lantern reboot failed. Because when they attached him to Green Lantern and he started coming in saying, well, what we need to do is we need to change the origin story and do this with the characters. And, he's, and the writers were like, what? <laughs> It's, so. it's a bad idea to let actors write your scripts, mm-hmm. just but in general. I, I mean, some actors got some chops. Most don't. Yeah. And he's got a great production company, but he's also a little too hands-on. Yeah. 
at times to the detriment of the film, sometimes to the benefit of the film. I mean, the... Has Cruz made a small film? I'm trying to think if he's like... Not I mean, in a that, while. Because really. Downey's done a couple things before oh, that right. where he was Zodiac doing... Zodiac Killer. Uh, I mean, Chaplin was not a big movie, but boy, oh boy, was his performance something else What's the one with him and Val Kilmer that's so goddamn Kiss, brilliant? Kiss, Bang, Kiss, Bang. Kiss, 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 Bang, Bang. Bang. That one is brilliant, and yeah. it's a tiny little film that a lot of people overlooked. Yep. His he's, guest starring in True Rome. True, not not true romance. Uh, I mean, natural born killers. Right. Mm. Wait, where was Tom Cruise in Natural Born Killers? No, no, we're uh, we're on um, RDJ. Down, oh, Downey. Whoops. Wow. I just I got caught up. No, I, I got <laughs> caught up in Tom Cruise being an acolyte for a death cult, yeah. and was like, <laughs> and I'm just think, I'm just sitting here yeah. thinking about going. God, I don't like him, but I love Collateral, yeah. <laughs> and so I lost total hey, scope. He, the man, the man will actually. I mean, uh, he's a great actor. Those, those Mission Impossible. I mean, Jesus Christ, the next one they're gonna film, he's gonna be fucking sixty, yeah. and that son of a yeah. bitch is still riding around on motorcycles and mm-hmm. crashing into cars and shit. But he doesn't make good old films where he gets to work on the f- the finer points of acting. He's not, doing, not much. Everything anymore. is big, over the top. Even one yeah. of my favorite ones of him, the. Um, Die again. Uh, um, they kept wanting to change the name on. Um, yeah, Magnolia. No. Repeat tomorrow. Edges. Oh, right. edge of tomorrow. Uh, every day. Edge of tomorrow. Yes. Edge of tomorrow. Yeah. Rinse twice. Yeah. <laughs> Rinse twice. Yeah. That was. That's the that parody was, I wanted earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like. Like. Magnolia. I will defend his performance of Magnolia to. to See, I haven't yes. seen Magnolia. That seems like one of the oh, been Oh, dude. Well, I mean, even in the last. That, um, Starfighter. The, <laughs> I was going to say the last Mission Impossible oh. film, there was a lot more dialogue and actual story than there had been in the previous couple of films. Sure. So, I feel like that has to do with Simon Pegg. Uh, that, that's anything. part of it. Um, yeah, it is a big Eddie. part of it. That's a yeah, big part well, of it. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean Plus we're, we're the, kind of getting off the course. Well, no, but I was just saying yeah. that it's also because the director was the same director from the previous film and mm-hmm. wanted to go in a different direction with the still have the action but still have some character driven story and have this be not just a big action romp but mm-hmm. be some 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 meat to it. I'm yeah. gonna and agree that, with Addy on that. Simon Pegg comes in to to burst the bubble of the big overblown thing and point out how ridiculous it is. You're thinking Star Trek, aren't you? Star Trek and yeah. and and the Mission Impossible yeah. and because he's he's a very good writer, he yeah. really is. Um, working with Edgar Wright yeah. for the what what is it Cornetto yes. trilogy? Yeah, yeah okay. You I can, just watched Hot Fuzz again. Yeah, you can you day. can let you can let Simon Pegg write on your book. Yeah. yeah, he's fine. He's great. Okay, so Universal, get on it. There's your there's your Ooh. new dark universe, the Pegg universe. Yes, yeah, oh, put, put Simon Pegg in the middle of your your Universal monster thing, and you've got something going on. I watch the Pegaverse any day. What? Ooh, the Pegaverse. <laughs> I would watch that porn. Uh, uh, uh-huh. All right, so who, who, if Simon Pegg was going to be, a, all right, I'm going to act in this one and write it, which one would you want out of those universal monsters? Oh. He doesn't have to be like Frankenstein's monster, but like. No, no, I, I think I think you bring him in as the original concept, which was to have somebody running through it, interacting with all these monsters. They're not good guys. They okay. are. They're, it's, 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 he's Kolchak, essentially. <laughs> I, I got a I got another take. He's Van Helsing, or or somebody or a new character. He's Igor. 
<gasps> oh, come on. Oh, come on. That's he, it. Yes. He's Fran- Frankenstein's assistant. He gets caught up with Dracula at some point. He, um, he's actually, Renfield. He's trying to help... I think Renfield was um, a ginger. Uh, uh, <laughs> Lawrence so Talbot works. and the whole werewolf bit. I, I, yeah, I, I'm on board. I, I'd yeah, love to see him just that'd be cool. hunchbacking around. And By the third movie, he's like, movie. why does this keep happening to me? Every time <laughs> Every time I move, I end up with this. Yeah, really. Why are they all mad? I ain't got nobody. Igor, Frodrick. Igor verse. The Igor verse, yeah. <laughs> there you go. You know, I hope I hope this has the effect that my comment about Michelle Yeoh had right. years oh, yes. ago. So maybe in a couple of years, Simon Pegg writing. Uh, Hollywood is listening. They better be. Right now. They know what's good for them. Somebody in Hollywood, some dude in an apartment is listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you are, please, I've told you where my website is. <laughs> right. <laughs> please help me. I need work. TheLastDayShire.com. Yes. Matt Rose, makeup designer for Guillermo del Toro's Hellboy and the Monster Squad's Gilman, has died. Rose's many other credits and various positions included Aliens, Invaders from Mars, Harry and the Hendersons, Predator, Beetlejuice, Fright Night Part 2, Gremlins 2, Ed Wood, Wolf, Batman Forever, Men in Black 3, and most recently, The Predator. Wow. As a man who works or yeah. worked, that's yeah. Yeah. Most recently, the Predator or the Predators or the, the the new the Predator. Oh, the Predator, not Predator. Yeah, gotcha. Not Predator, the Predator. Right. But he worked on the original Predator. Okay. <laughs> and the Predator. That's the third base. The problem with the movies these days they're renaming themselves the same movie. I watched half yeah. of one of the board. Did you movies. watch Halloween or did you watch Halloween? Which one? I don't know. Third base. I watched half of one of the Bourne movies. So I couldn't remember if I'd seen it or not. That sounds like a all, perfect all the same name. It's the perfect description of the Bourne movies. Yeah, it kind of the Bourne something. The Bourne this. The but Bourne I, that. I, I love them. Yeah, yeah, they're good, but they're interchangeable. Yeah, it, there's always another. There's level. a thread, but yeah, you know, Treadstone, Blackfriar, this, that, Bob. It, it just, it just right. They won't get too far along now before they run the same problem they ran into with. Um, TV series. Um, Burn Notice? Burn Notice. Uh, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's another level. And another season goes another level. Yeah. How many goddamn levels the are there? The deep state gets deeper. Damn deep state. Those fucks. <laughs> the Entertainment Software Association and the MPD Group have released new information tallying how much Americans spend on video games this year. In 2018, those who reside in the U.S., Spent $43.4 billion on video games this last year. That's an overall 18% increase in what was shelled out in 2017, which then totaled $36.9 billion that year. Gaming hardware like consoles and PCs was up 15%, whereas digital and physical game subscriptions and in-game microtransactions were up a solid 18%, from $30.4 billion last year to $35.8 billion in 2018. So, video games aren't going anywhere for a while. That's my guess. Good. It it's mind-boggling. It's, it's keeping you at a job. Yeah. Mind-boggling. It's bigger than than Hollywood and the NFL combined. Crazy. It's it's amazing. It's just amazing. None of that was video worthy. I'm sorry. It's good. It's good exposition, but yeah. 
He's not a fan Do of something exposition. something funny. Nope. I am not your dancing monkey. Yes, you are. No, no I'm not. You're totally my dancing monkey. No, get that. That's what I have to say to your dancing monkey shit. Dancing monkey shit brought See, to you by I, Geek Shop. I was trying to figure out if he was watching something or he, if he was recording. No. We don't know either. Yeah. We kind of hope he's watching something. thing. I don't know why. So, you know, we can just be like, Starts All pulling right. a Paul. It's like, guys, I really like this. Oh, oh yeah. Geez. John Cena! Nicolas Cage has been set to star in Color Out of Space. Oh, my God. Yes. A horror film based on H.P. Lovecraft's 1927 novella. The film will be directed by South African filmmaker Richard Stanley. It'll be his first feature film in 20 years. Oh, my God. For Cage, it's, it's a reteam with producer Spectre Vision after last year's hit revenge thriller Mandy. Principal photography on the new project begins next month. Jolie Richardson, Tommy Chong, Elliot Knight, and Julian Hillard join Cage in the cast of The Pick, which in the story centers around the Gardeners, a family who moves to remote New England farmstead to escape the hustle of 21st century. They are busy adapting to their new life when a meteorite crashes into their front yard. It seems to melt into the earth, infecting both the land and the properties of space-time with a strange otherworldly color and to the family's horror they discover the alien force is gradually mutating every life form it touches including them quote lovecraft is the darker father of modern horror and we have been searching for an adaptation that captures the true scope of his cosmic dread for years specter visions noah said in a release wednesday announcing the project richard stanley a wizard in his own right will at long last bring lovecraft's humbling power to the screen unfiltered unquote Stanley directed his cult hits Hardware and Dust Devil and was famously excised from helming the eventual 1996 pick, The Island of Dr. Moreau, based on the book by H.G. Wells. And look up that documentary, because holy crap. Yep, yep. He's directing a new movie, and it's wow. Color Out of Space. The Color Out of Space <laughs> was my first Lovecraft. That's, that's your first, first Lovecraft really? story I read. My first was Dagon. That's, that's, that's a good a, That's a tough one. Yeah. That's... Hmm. I don't, I don't know. know. I, the, I, I feel Dagon is a... It grabbed me because it's it's walking across blackened earth to watch a thing rise out of the ocean and hug a statue. Mm -hmm. And then it drives the dude mad. I'm like, all right, I'm into this. Mm -hmm. That's cool. <laughs> Fish dude hugging hugging it, weird hard things. You know, it's, it's a good H.P. Lovecraft bellwether. If you read Dagon and say, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, you're going to like the rest mm -hmm. of uh, yeah. <laughs> Lovecraft. Color mm -hmm. space can be, I mean, it's gonna be interesting to do because... How do you portray the color in a visual medium? That's a good uh, good question. I was wondering something similar. Yeah. yeah. But they obviously have an idea. They must, yeah. But I mean, it's something that works so well in a book mm -hmm. that you it's going to be a challenge in visual. Yes, it is. It'd be, yeah. another, it'd be a nice thing to put in there with like the Lovecraftian yeah. horror, like uh, uh, The Thing. I always consider it to be great Lovecraftian horror. Yes, mm -hmm. it's not the best. Yeah. I believe it's called The Void. Uh, I still have not seen The Void. It's a wonderful... It is It is very Lovecraftian. It's on Netflix, right? It was when I saw it, yeah. Okay. I don't know if it's a Netflix original, but that is no, where I saw it. No, not an original, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lovecraft would be thrilled that he has remembered this way, that you say Lovecraftian... <laughs> Instead of other ways? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he <laughs> rather probably wouldn't be thrilled with the fact that he would be supporting you know the current administration, but you know... <laughs> uh, uh, Get those brown people out of here. <laughs> They right, make me it, anxious. I get sweaty. Is this where I have to put the next cut? All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> 
After initial reports that Netflix was in talks to join the Motion Picture Association of America, or MPAA, it's the official organization that decides what age groups can see which movies, a decision from the six ruling studios has been reached. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Netflix will officially be the first non-studio to become a member of the MPAA. This is the first time a non-Hollywood studio is being welcomed into the group. The, movie, the move has been ratified by all six ruling studios, Disney, Fox, Paramount, Sony, Universal, and Warner Brothers. Charlie Rifkin, chairman and CEO of MPAA, made the following statement. On behalf of the MPAA, I got to make him sound old because it's kind of an old I like idea. it. On behalf of the MPAA and its member companies, I am delighted to welcome Netflix as a partner. All of our members are committed to pushing the film and television industry. Hey, <laughs> hey. <coughs> industry, excuse me, industry forward in both how we tell stories. And how we reach audiences. Thank you. He continued, adding Netflix will allow us. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> you're killing yourself. Wow. Man. You're gonna start. You're gonna start doubling over like that, me. That tickled my belly so yeah. much. <laughs> yeah, it's a belly rubber. Adding Netflix will allow us to even more effectively. Advocate for the global community of creative storytellers. And I look forward to seeing what we can all achieve together. Netflix's entree into the MPAA comes on the heels of its anointment as a major Oscar player, having racked up 15 nominations on Tuesday morning. The MPAA was reportedly looking for new members because it will lose Fox once it merges with Disney. And that means an estimated loss of 10 to $12 million a year in membership fees and dues. As such, it's also looking at Amazon as another possible addition of, of money. Right now, certain Netflix films are rated using the standardized television system. For example, movies like uh, Extinction and Cargo are designated TVMA, where uh, Mowgli and Bird Box have normal ratings like PG-13 and R. So yeah, so it's not a matter of the millennium of the club. It's a matter of we need your money. Dues, yeah, gotcha. Who can pay our money? That's always the case. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Welcome to the club, Netflix. You made it. <laughs> we always believe uh, in you. At least your wallet did. <laughs> you made it. <clears throat> now where's that check we talked about? <laughs> Aquaman surpassed The Dark Knight Rises in terms of global sales to become the highest-grossing DC film in history. <laughs> Oh, my God. Wow. The James Wan-directed superhero movie now stands at $1.09 billion. Domestically speaking, however, it's still at number six. Behind Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, Wonder Woman, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, and Suicide Squad. And if you adjust for inflation, Aquaman falls down to 12. Behind DC features like the two Tim Burton Batman projects, Superman 2, Batman Forever. Nevertheless, damn inflation. Aquaman's international box office achievement should be a huge relief for Warner Brothers. It should feel a lot more confident as they ramp up production on Birds of Prey and get closer to the theatrical release of Shazam. Shazam! A, a sequel to... That was, that was good. Thanks, that. A sequel to Aquaman is already in the works at Warner Brothers with Juan most likely returning to direct. Juan? James Juan, the guy Juan. who directed. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> James Juan is very good. Yes. Yep. He's very good. 
And that's what we got to say on that. Yeah. All right. And that's all I got to say about that. Congratulations, Jay Momo. I, God, I hope he has points Jay's in his Momo. Con- please, please, please. I hope he had points uh, in his contract. It, 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 he's pretty. Um, Basser would be so rich. He's pretty laid back, so he probably didn't. I mean, he got paid for it. Oh, I don't know, dude. His, his age, It's his agent's job. It's not his. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. He might have uh, part of the contract might might have been you know whatever helps me save more turtles. Yeah, could be. Yeah, maybe the turtles got points. There you go. Maybe there maybe. you go. Turtle points. Yeah, he there's he, like he, a percentage that goes just, into yeah. uh, aquatic wildlife. And he's really, I mean, so far you're not getting a whole lot of scandal or anything salacious about him. He's just he really is a fun loving crazy dude. He's, I, I he's, think he's, he's the, a pretty good guy. He's the Obama of Hollywood. <laughs> Well, I, well, he's I, wouldn't that, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, I mean, uh, one of the, I don't know. It, although now I want to see Obama taking pictures where he's hugging the girlfriend and kicking the boyfriend off of the picture, <laughs> like because like, oh, Mo- yeah. like Momo his, yeah. Momoa does that so much, mm-hmm. and it 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 it's actually pretty fucking funny. Okay. So I think the difference is is that Obama's kind of a wispy dude. Uh, well, there's that too. M- Momoa, <laughs> y- he can make any joke he wants because he can just kind of Donkey Kong you. Yeah. Mm. Thunk. Mm, and, uh, uh, you know, unfortunately, I mean, he's doing great as Aquaman, but now just think if he had been Lobo in a Lobo movie. God damn. That would have been great. God damn. Yes, please. Twice. Early reports are starting to come out about the new ride offerings at Disney's Galaxy's Edge theme park extension, where visitors will be transported to the world of Star Wars. We know that the setting is Black Spire Outpost on the planet of Batuu. We also know that the experience will include two rides. The first is the Flight of the Millennium Falcon. That's what we've known for a while. The second is called Rise of the Resistance. To date, details have been nebulous, but now we have some new information. Rumors began through Alicia Stella, a writer and podcaster who focuses on Disney theme parks. She spoke on her podcast about how there's more than 300 animatronics on the ride and could potentially last for almost 30 minutes. Wow. This is going to be a classic-style Disney dark ride in Star Wars, and I couldn't be more melty. A half-hour-long dark ride. Wow. I mean, there's some... And I have a feeling... That the whole 30-minute experience is kind of like the experience you get at... Star Tours? Where not, like, no, because no, Star Tours, that ride lasts five okay, minutes. Okay, what about the no, most obvious... No, I meant like the entrance when you're walking into Star Tours. I would equate it more to Haunted Mansion, where you have oh, okay. a whole set of things going along the way. Scratch that. What about comparing it to Star Trek The Experience? Perhaps. Okay, because is, is the part of the dark ride... Walking through a whole maze of a museum of something, and then getting into the dark ride, and then no, we don't know. <laughs> I, I'm gonna tell you right now, no. All right, because the way they have that set up, the moment you walk into that area of the park, you are in Star Wars world. That's true. So they wouldn't put you in a here's a museum of Star Wars. Oh, now you're transported to Star Wars where you just were, and so okay. So I, I don't think, but. I wouldn't be surprised if there are specific instances that happen along, not necessarily the queue, but getting aboard the ride itself, there are instances of story and animatronics along the way. A la 
how long how was the experience? How long was the the actual the actual experience itself was? Uh, it depends actually. A lot of it depends on on the load and everything. But I think it was about fourteen minutes yeah. overall. It from didn't... from when the first pre-show starts till you hit the exit tunnel. And didn't you have dual setup there? Was there a yeah. When you started, I think the yep. second set of setup got turned right. into the Klingon yeah, thing. Yeah, you right? would. We would alternate every minute and a half to two minutes on either side when we were at peak. Okay, I'm, I'm just trying to think of the the logistics of, of running a half hour ride and how many people are going to get to see it. How many times do you, th- do you think they've got like four or five different? Uh, it's gonna. It's I think gonna. It's, I, I think, think. Yeah. Go ahead. Yep. I think it's going to be. Disney has moved on to magnetic doom buggies. They're featured in the, I can't remember, the Haunted Mansion that's in Tokyo. Okay. They have their, their own awesome monkey-driven thing. The GPS-guided uh, things? or Maybe. I'm not sure. But they, I know they run on magnetic thing. They seem like they're free-floating on the ground. Jamie, John, fill us in. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they're yelling at me already. But, I mean, the 30 minutes could be... From the time you're in the queue till you're exiting, and you just never stop moving. Well, that being the case, I've been in several three-hour rides. I don't the, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I, the I, actual I, queue I, of the ride I, itself. I'm not sure how long it lasts, but Pirates of the Caribbean is a long ride. Like that, yeah. from the moment you get on that boat, right? That's a long ride oh, through. Yeah. I'm sure it would be something of there'd be these breaker points so that different cars can't have any sort of interaction and you have reset time before it pushes another one out. So you wouldn't be waiting a half an hour. When you have a problem, everything backs up. Don't you know it. Yeah. And then you're stuck listening to uh, it's a small world for three hours. Yeah. Well, yeah. And and it's, it, you'll have, you'll have people in zone, you'll have five zones and you'll have a group of people in each zone Waiting for things to get moving again so they can all move, <laughs> like we've done. Pirates of the Caribbean is 16 minutes. When I was well, on, that's pretty solid that's for solid, a ride yeah. beginning to end. I have a feeling that when it's said and done, the dark ride aspect of this will probably be 15 to 20 minutes. Last time I went through Haunted Mansion, it broke down four times. Awesome. So <laughs> that's like, the way you need to go through Haunted Mansion so when you can stop and watch things. Well, but it, that's the problem is like things didn't just keep going; they just kind of stayed where they were. The ghost just until you kept moving again. I think one time, one time I did Haunted Mansion. I can't remember if it was Florida or California. And wherever the hell I was, it went totally black. Um, I mean, I mean, everything went down. I don't know what it was, but for, for a couple minutes there, it, it was pitch black, I think. I seem to remember that happening once. John and Jamie will probably be like, no, Kirsten, that never happened. Did you take the opportunity to... Yeah. <laughs> That's a good Disney property right there. <laughs> well, gentlemen, I, I think I'm going to skip the rest of the news for right now. Oh? Because I think it's time to play some red light, green light. Yes! Woo! Uh-oh. All right. All right, this is exciting. So you, you have <laughs> You're getting the full gig shock experience? This is great. <laughs> so, all right, uh, we had the boot out Matt for a little bit. He had something else to do. We got... Uh, Addy, we brought him in as a VP of marketing. He's going to join us on this red light, green light session. Andy got, Ambler, folks. Yeah, I got <laughs> Andy Ambler. I got... <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> 
I guess. Uh, it's from, from Ambler Entertainment. Ambler Entertainment. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's really good. Do I have to pay royalties to you when I'm famous? <laughs> oh, yes. Just, just for that. <laughs> so I got some pictures here. We got to figure out if we're going to red light or green light them. Uh, so uh, we'll do this first one here. It's uh, Topic Studios. It's purchasing the TV film rights to Corey Doctorow's sci-fi novella Unauthorized Bread. Published by Tor Books, the novella is part of a series of four short stories titled Radicalized, according to the official release. Set in the near future, Unauthorized Bread takes place in a version of America ruled entirely by greedy corporations. You know, far future. <laughs> the story focuses on a refugee, Salima, who moves to Boston only to discover that every facet of life, including the use of household appliances, comes with a price. For instance, the toasters only accept authorized toast, while the refrigerators only stock authorized groceries. Quote, we are in the grips of a long overdue debate over whether technology will improve our lives or destroy us, said Dr. O. But that debate overdue that overdue debate over whether technology will improve our lives or destroy it. Why, I'm reading the same goddamn line over again. <laughs> <laughs> Let me start that over. You're overdoing it. I am. You already failed your pitch. <laughs> uh, it must be an hour and a half into the show. <laughs> We're in the grips of a long overdue debate over whether technology will improve our lives or destroy us, said Dr. O. But that debate has been oversimplified to the point of uselessness. The wow. Qu- right? The question isn't which technology is best, but rather, how do we make technology that serves us rather than exploiting us? The answer always starts with control. If you can't control your technology, there's a good chance it's being used to control you, unquote. That's right, Janet Jackson. Frustrated. Wow, this is the second <laughs> Janet Jackson joke on control of this show. Mr. Jackson, if you're nasty. Ever. <laughs> Frustrated at such injustices, Selena reads leads a rebellion against the corporations in effort to jailbreak the appliances, risking arrest, deportation, and even death. Gentlemen, unauthorized bread, red light or green light. Let me just clarify this. In the Can not- you even? Is this a series about a toaster hacker? In the not If you oversimplify it, yes, but I think it has to do with more appliances than the toaster. So each week it's going to be like, like like Kolchak the movie has like appliance of the week she's gonna, she's gonna jailbreak the refrigerator then she's gonna rail, jailbreak the if toaster if that's the pitch red light <laughs> yeah uh, but I don't think that's the pitch what do you mean red light Kolchak that should be a green light Col- so, Kolchak the toast stalker so this this is a this is a series <laughs> this is a series um well, if we cast uh, Janet Jackson, I'm all for it. It's the third Janet Jackson. Yeah, they don't have be... any more. We're at a limit. <laughs> Yours got totally just trumped, didn't it? Yeah. We're no. technically up to four. Yeah. Yours, is, yours got trumped. We only accept three. Right. I said I'm, his was the mine best. Mine was the third. It was better, yeah. <laughs> I, <What? laughs> Stop it. Red light, green light. <laughs> I I like the concept, but I'm I'm trying for how you're gonna pull that into a whole series. Um, I'll very very tentative green light. It's right on the edge. I think red light just because I think we've already hit the point where the social commentary of the story is so close to what's going on now. People might just overlook the fact that all this shit is already happening. It's history, not science fiction. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know if I agree with that. Just because. It has 
that extreme level to it. I mean, it's one thing that you got your series and your Alexas and such integrated into your homes. There are fridges that have Twitter on them. Exactly. I'm with I'm with him. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's going to go to a more extreme thing than just those appliances. I think it's going to go to lights. I think it's it has this really interesting Orwellian nature to it. Yes. Where it's you can only put government bread in the government machine. Yes. Like that's that is cool. But I'm, I, I'm sorry, Kay. I just passed right over you. Oh no! No, uh, no, 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 no. We skip around. around. Uh, I, I would red light because I feel like it would be a very interesting two-parter for Black Mirror, but ah. it's not enough for a series. Not enough for a series. Uh, you know what? I think you just hit on it. It is Black Mirror. Somebody, somebody's like, oh, I want another Black Mirror. Let's. Get, what's our Black Mirror? And this guy's like, hey, there's this Cory Doctorow. He wrote this thing, and it's Javad. Mm. He's like, oh, okay. But I like Cory, so I'm green light. I don't All appreciate right. you making fun of my accent. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the aspect that this is based on not a novel, a novella. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And, so what? But it's a part of four <laughs> short stories titled Radicalized, but it's just this one story. So I, I kind of agree with this whole sentiment that how do you stretch this out into being interesting over a series of 12 to 24 episodes if you're talking multiple seasons yeah where you haven't lost the gimmick of the government bread well she's leading some kind of revolution right, right? so the the story is the, the revolution sto- the story is the revolution sure yeah what i i, I think I, you're I, I don't know if that I mean, you, you can't do a series I, about a revolution. You can't do a series like about a revolution, but you've gone how, away from how the source gonna, material. Not, not so much that I'm about the source material. Is it going to be an interesting story about a re- revolution that I haven't seen before? It's. I, yeah, I feel I like know. you're going from with with this. What they would have to do is it'd be much less about the ethical and philosophical points of this of fascism toast that's and what they should be named too because this unauthorized bread fascist toast should fascist be the name toast is yeah. much better um that's a very interesting concept and you can get into some true horror with that concept but i feel like there that's going to be the first episode and then it's going to turn to action schlock with the revolution is it's there's going to be a love triangle? There's going to be yeah, but can there's going to be a D Day redo. But can you use a gun without government bullets? That would be interesting. Yeah. Well, also, what's the pedigree? What's the pedigree again? Who's who are the who's do we, do we have a pedigree as a who's making this? Yeah. yeah. Topic Studios, and I don't know who they are. You I don't, don't have yeah, okay, no. because, who did it because because I mean, granted, y- you can run out of it, but we've got. We've got Black Mirror, which actually that's an anthology mm-hmm. series. But Mr. Robot, mm-hmm. um, the 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 one uh, crap, the, the woman who's who plays iRobot or plays no Mr. Robot. It's a TV series. Oh, oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. The woman who plays <laughs> twenty-seven different versions of herself. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, um, you know, we've got plenty. Orphan of, Black. Orphan Black. Yes. You, you we've got. A number of dystopian type things already, and their series and it's dystopian. God damn it! God damn it! God damn it! I stand by my red light. <laughs> yeah, I red light that joke. The only, the only thing I'd say, <laughs> I'd say in its favor is Minority Report 
which is based on a really thin short story. And they pulled around and it was a story, but they yeah, had to they got a lot two, of work. They, they got two hours of movie out of that. Well, yeah. Don't, d- but I, they did movies, try the TV series. They tried it. And failed. Yeah. yeah. But sure. But that was Philip K. Dick, right? Yeah. Like, Philip K. Dick is translated really well to the screen. Not not always. By and large, but yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah. he's... But they usually translate the screen by taking the germ of what he wrote and going in a, in a yeah. very... You know, yeah. building a lot onto it because... Yeah. That, is, well, that yeah. is true. We might be We might be sitting too much on the idea of they have to do this entire novella i think that's exactly whereas it. i think my, man in the high castle explores yeah. way more of the exactly it i mean yeah T- tell me about man in the high castle failing because that novel can't be a tv series yeah. well that the the tv series is a not just point. a novel you a know fine point. i mean, I mean you, and this is cory doctorow and he's yeah got some I'm sci-fi not, pedigree i'm not saying that that well, yeah, no, I am saying you you guys are way off. <laughs> it's just, it's just. I think I think your your protest is is too thin because you're basically not seeing where things can go, and as a result, you're like it can't go anywhere. So where do we stand? Do we got a thin green. You said red, red. Oh, I'm green. You're green. I I was red. Was. But I mean, but, I do agree with you. Don't give um, in to peer pressure. I'm not. I'm not giving <laughs> in to peer pressure. Not yet. Uh, I am. I'm going green. Oh yeah. Fuck me. Uh, but I, I Andy, feel like we won. You're you're very right. Like in the right hands. Sure. If it's done well. done well. If it's done well. Yeah. This would be amazing. I mean, I I totally agree with you. Yeah. It it it, it can totally get cocked up but you know anything can get important that you ask the pedigree Uh uh-huh oh yeah because i mean you know mick g presents i don't know why specifically but i went my brain went to mr robot right off with this Mm -hmm. okay which is Um, a strong show yeah so it you know i actually i also disagree with jeff in that if it's very relevant for today you know especially if what what does authorized bread mean it will they go beyond government will they talk about corporations will they talk about monopolies it's totally fo- focused on corporations so so you're, you're just from the descriptor you're you're told that's totally what's going on this reminds me of when i was a hardcore christian and we would be warned about the 666 number of the beast being upc symbols Oh my god! <laughs> so take the religious angle, yeah. Yeah. What? How do you spell topics? Uh, T O P I X. Oh, you mean this company? Yeah. T O P I C. Topic? No S. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. No. Maybe. Yeah. So but, I think I think that's where I lie with it. Is uh, I absolutely agree with Jeff, um, but under the if it's done well, <laughs> I think it. I would definitely give it a green light. Yeah. If, um, if I start a production company, it's called. If it's done well, studios. <laughs> because you you mount a revolution, right, against a government. You know how to do that. But, how do we? But mount- this isn't against the government; it's against corporations. Yeah, let me finish. How do you mount a revolution against multinational corporations, yeah. especially when they're monopolized? Right. Is this a question about the show, or are you planning something? <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. That's why I'm green light. I, so, I think I have to go glass half full and go green light. Yeah, but I, I, I don't think that I, it's going to be as good as we would I, want I it to be. I think the two ends well, are giving it a thin yeah, green. You know, yeah. I, I think that's Jeff's true. right, but I would like for him to be wrong. 
Okay. Yeah. And and, and this It'll is the point a, where you, this is where we point out that it's happening regardless. So exactly. Let's see what yeah. happens. We're throwing studio money. It better be good. It'll be a really <laughs> terrible uh, brought to you by EA. Max Headroom will be like everything. It's their first ever movie. Don't worry, he is gonna this, buy it. This kill it. Down. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I'm looking at Topic Studios website right now, and uh, nobody I know. Does it look like Angel Fire? What have they done? Nothing. Sorry, no. Ambitious new entertainment and storytelling studio from First Look Media, which I know, dedicated to working with the creators at the forefront of culture. See, they're the new voices we're looking for. Let's hope. I've heard this before. <laughs> let's let's hope it's not that that company that makes knockoffs of movies that are in the pipeline. Uh, Ooh, Topic Studios. Yeah, what's the one I'm thinking of? Uh, the one that did the Topic the Sherlock Holmes and uh, the Topics one that, with an X. Is that, of, is that really it? No. Okay. <laughs> Wait, are you, thinking, are you thinking Asylum? Yes, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, of. Oh, let's hope it's not wow. a new Asylum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I, I do love it, Torgo, on those rare occasions when you fuck with Andy. Yeah. <laughs> it's well done. I, I was... Oh, no. I mean, what sinker. do you mean rare occasions it, it, where he it's fucks great. with Andy? Well, I, I mean, like, wholesale, totally. Yeah. I mean, that was complete... Did he sell it to him wholesale? Yeah. You know? Com- uh, yeah. Yes. Uh. <laughs> All right, I Red Light. A I'm very Pollyannish when it comes down to it on this stuff. <laughs> Andy Who Pollyanna. did show up in the Invisible Man sequence in uh, in uh, in uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Pollyanna is in that the the horrible uh, rape school school thing. The what now? <laughs> what? I heard about uh, the rape. I, 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 in all schools, I heard was rape. What the hell? Are you? In in the Invisible in, when you meet the Invisible Man in in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, comic or movie? Comic. Okay. Okay. Slow they're, down. They're in a, they're and in a, choose your words, Andy. Sorry. And don't listen to this next week and say, hey, I, I knew what I was saying. <laughs> um, they're at a, they're investigating a ghost at the school, and, and the ghost is impregnating people because it seems a man. I ha- think so, yeah. Having his way with the girls. Right. And when they catch him, they're basically pulling him off of Pollyanna, who's like, oh, it wasn't that bad. You know, in the novel? In the graphic novel. It's Pollyanna. It's a very graphic novel. Uh, I guess it is a graphic novel. <laughs> hey, it's very oh. graphic. You've not you've not read the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? No. You Dude, I read the you first You should. One it's really good. Ago. It's remarkable. The yeah. first two are are remarkable. It's yeah. just it's absolutely The rape school should have brought you in. Right. Yeah, really. <laughs> What's the matter with you? Uh, red light, green light. <laughs> green light. Robert and Michelle King. The showrunners behind CBS's The Good Wife and spinoff The Good Fight are readying evil. An X-Files style... The Good Evil? It might as well be at this point. An X-Files style supernatural drama pilot. The story delves into the battle between science and religion as it pairs a scully-like skeptical clinical psychologist with a priest in training and a blue-collar contractor... Red light. As they probe various extraordinary phenomena from miracles to demonic possessions to ferret out whether there's any scientific basis or something more otherworldly going on. Red light, green light, evil. I, I want to green light it, but the problem is when they, when they throw religion up against science, weirdly, somehow religion always wins in these things. Because yes. it's more interesting to write ghosts and goblins. Yeah. No, red light. Unless it's a Scooby thing, and it turns out every week it's, it's a guy in a rubber mask that was with really good Old tech. Old man Jenkins. Yeah. 
And I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you crazy meddling kids. <laughs> and that bishop that's hanging out with Scully. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the bishop. Fucker. Oh, man, that was, a, that was a Monty Python. I would watch a show called Scully and the Bishop. <laughs> I just want to put it out there, Hollywood. Uh, Scully and Van Helsing? Hmm. Scully and Van Helsing, yes. I, Scully uh, and the Bishop, not so much. I would, I, I would watch Scully and Van Helsing if it were just ridiculous that Van Helsing is out killing goddamn werewolves, like straight up, and she just refuses to believe it. <laughs> She's like, you're killing time. sick people. They yep. have a virus. By the time she walks in the room, uh, it's turned into a guy. He was knows. just very hairy. You didn't have to kill <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, really? Just every time they have tried to, to follow the X-Files formula, those shows just fail miserably. Just... He, even when it was the X-Files and they tried to follow the X-Files. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a red, a red. A... Yeah, okay. sticking with the red. Uh, I don't have a lot of faith in it. Oh, yeah. that's what you get. Um, I, I just, it, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I, um, <laughs> when Hollywood, it's funny too, because religion tends to win out in these things when Hollywood does the story, which is ironic because I never think Hollywood does a true balance to the argument because they oh, do. Oh, they don't. They no. do the atheist's idea of atheism and the atheist's idea of religion. And it's like, that's no argument. Well, and, not to mention, you know, I, I've talked about it on the show before, how I hate when you have the atheist in the show, and by the end of the show, the religion, et cetera, no has converted... No foxholes! Yeah, yeah. Has, has converted the atheist over into being a believer. It's like it's not okay to be an atheist. So you present that character and say, this is the character that's going to go through the most changes in the series. And you, You're right. you turn, I completely don't turn that character I don't think around. I've ever seen it the other way around. No. I don't think I've ever seen it where the religious person goes, oh, yeah, that was, that was all shit. No, it's, it's always... Uh, right. it, usually, if it's anything, it's an expansion on their belief because it's they're religious and then aliens attack and they go, oh, there is other life out there, so God must be everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in love with the concept because I do love the X-Files. But if it's done well... <laughs> what are you going to bring that's different to it is the question. Yeah. It... Speaking of the microphone, not in your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a full dynamic microphone I, so yeah. no matter where i am when yeah. i'm doing things it right part of the up. deal also is that x files is about it's about weird phenomenon and uh it's and science it's it's yeah it religion is is be is barely touched on if at all and well, no yeah, and it's well religion is also the way I, I get i don't know the way i look at it, religion is more of a psychological or sociological phenomenon mm -hmm. right and and so vampires and werewolves on the one hand you've got people who say well i have religion that it's all the same but on the other hand it it actually isn't a religious person it, it's in a different realm and so um it is a i think actually even though they they invoke x-files it kind of mm -hmm. is an even more radical tech take it's not really about skepticism and you know i mean i'm sorry um uh, x-files is not really about skepticism and faith because uh Mulder 
is a, is a science guy. Mm-hmm. He's a smart guy. It's it's not, you know, it's not like he he just heard something in a sermon and believes it. And that's, you know, kind of different from I this. So, I don't know. Did I make sense? It's so, a skeptic did. versus a zealot in X-Files. Uh, I want to believe. Right. Who's or, the zealot? Mulder. But he... he but the I want to believe is his thing. Right. I want to believe. He wants, he to, wants believe. to believe there's an explanation exactly. for everything mm-hmm. that he has, but he's also willing to accept non-scientific explanations yeah. for things. Exactly. Whereas right. Scully wants to have a hard, Solid scientific but, yeah, basis but for why this thing is happening. He wants to believe. He does straight up the say, poster, I, I believe because I was told to believe. Uh, the poster right. doesn't say, I do believe. Right, and whereas in a religion, uh, I'm not saying he's a religious zealot. I'm no, saying no. he's his desire to believe often goes beyond logic. He wants to believe so hard that sometimes does it though? You, you, you wouldn't understand if you hadn't had your sister taken by an alien dude. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, so yeah, Eddie, what do you mean? Green light. All right. And, uh, really? And, and yeah, and I will explain because I would love to shoehorn to talk more about myself. Uh, <laughs> Greenlight with the hopes that they are going to go full bore into the religious supernatural aspect and the skeptic is wrong because this is this is something I also work with it's um, you know you have if you're talking about possession is it just a, a teenager going through hormones and not dealing with it well and you tie them to the bed thinking they're possessed is it a pissed off teenager or is it a demon if you go towards the end that it's a demon and you you get into that end of it more than being a pissed off teenager that is far more compelling there's a lot more story to tell in that yeah like i would like to see the skeptic come out wrong you have to give me that universe you you can't no one's ne- no one's ever going to do the x-files ever again you it's so hard to ride that line and even chris carter didn't do it well all the time um, so you have to go one way or the other. And I think making the, was it a priest? In um, training. Yeah. I, that, that I think is an important note. It might be, you but know. making him wrong kind of is like, well then what am I, why am I watching this then? If there isn't the prospect of ghosts and ghoulies. I, I see exactly what you're saying. If you're doing it more to the fact that the, if you're telling a fictional story, it's more fun if the ghosts and ghoulies are real. If you're doing a reality show, whereas you're trying to debunk things, the atheist aspect makes it more interesting. Yeah. So, so if you're what? giving me a fantasy tale, go fantasy. What about, but I, I rem, I've, I've always thought of this, Todd, because of your comment about Thor Dark World, where you hated, don't, don't, don't mix the technology with the magic. It's like, what if, because I think one of the cool things about the skeptic is the idea that they introduce an intellectual rigor. Mm -hmm. They force the believer to prove their belief. And... And that can be very a very compelling dynamic, you know. It's like, in many ways, well, Scully was a vital asset for Mulder proving anything because she she was she was the one who pushed, you know, uh, getting to the bottom of the cause. But what if you go with the 
instead of the stark line between religion, supernatural phenomena, ghosts and ghoulies, and and uh, uh, reality, I don't know what you want to call it, but you know, what if a teenager is possessed by a demon, but you can get an explanation scientifically about the demon? Right, I think um, Hellboy kind of dances around the territory. Sort of, whether it's Hellboy, yeah. whether you go the realm. Remember the old Kirby Fantastic Fours and stuff, where they they would explain that uh, a supernatural. F- I mean, it's funny because it ran in the face of like Doctor Strange, but you would explain unexplained phenomenon through just well, you know, science fiction. Right, so or chariots of the gods type of mm-hmm. angle. Yeah. So you know, what if the de- what if there are demons? But it's not the 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 religion interpretation of demons was inspired by the reality of these creatures that can leap into bodies and make people go crazy. You're, or you're maybe talking, you're right, Kirsten. I would watch Scully and Hellboy. <laughs> yeah, you're talking sure. like the the science fiction aspect of it, like Star Trek. How far do you go before you admit that the war drive is magic? Well. Kind of, sort of. It's, uh, but, but, let's not go full trek. Let's actually, let's actually explore something in our reality. And don't get so simple. I mean, one of the nice things about X Files is they frequently went deep. That's true. That so, is true. And I, I sometimes wonder when people say they're going to try X Files. Are they just talking about a uh, skeptic believer weird phenomenon, or are they talking about going deep? You know, because for me, that's what X-Files is about, actually. Uh, going deep. Um, yeah. So I, I just, if, um, if you find out, because my personal belief is that there is something weird out there, but we can't explain it because it's weird. Mm-hmm. And so religion, myth, it all becomes the cultural effort to explain the weird and the unexplainable. The sun was weird until we figured out what it was. Exactly. And even now, there are aspects to, you know, quantum theory. There's, you know, you talk about the cosmic string theory, right? It's, and you ask any, you know, well, any good scientist, they'll tell you that really, there's only a couple of dozen people in the world who truly understand what reality is composed of. They can sit here and tell us everything, and we can regurgitate quantum mechanics and string theory and all that, but the truth is there's only a couple of dozen people who truly understand what they're talking about. So what about that angle in terms of, you know, religion is an attempt, is a cultural attempt to explain something that we just don't have the language to explain until it went to the whole multi-universe aspect wasn't that what fringe was about kind of kind of sort of yeah uh, my my only gripe with fringe i mean it it got kind of clever but at the same time you you then discover all the weird phenomena connected and and actually has a purpose at the mm-hmm. very last episode. And on one Ca- hand, it careful, was cool. I'm still gonna watch the rest of that. Really? <laughs> yeah, I got to Oh, Jesus. I was watching with Duncan. Are you just, ever gonna watch the rest? of I that? am. I okay. really got. I may have so, to give up on Duncan watching with me because wow. he got all right. trailed off. Well, you yeah. should. I, Fuck. I only watched the first season, but I I think it's okay. You yeah. have it right. It uh it, it it's on Netflix. Or it was. I don't think it's on Netflix anymore. Oh, okay. Your so thing's on Netflix. So, what's so green light. So green light from K, red light Why from... Why the hell not? I 
talk myself into it. A red light from Jeff. I got a red light from... Still red, yeah. yeah. Green. Green, too green. Oh, God damn, it's down to me. <laughs> red light. What's your red light? Comments at UglyCouchShow.com. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact Jack Dandy. Professor Eddie. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. I certainly will. I'll still be here. Yeah. Although, Kay, I'm green lighting whatever you just pitched. That sounded awesome. Yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, I guess it's easy, right, to make a stark contrast mm-hmm. and to just put this big old thick line in the sand and say there or there. But what if, what if there's no so- line? What if you're just standing in the sand and you point in one direction? Well, there's that, and you point in the other. What? But there's that. Then all of a sudden, I think you have something complex and interesting, you know. And and that's I, how you find that art installation that plays Africa. <laughs> you're right. That's how you find. No, no. Did that picture you put up was that the art installation? Yeah, that was the art installation. Because it it's a desert. Yeah. In one year, it's going to be gone. It'll be under ten feet of sand. He has a point. I I I don't. Then you'll be walking, looking for it, and you'll hear the music, but you can't figure out where it is. As long as it has that, maybe it has that one high solar interceptor that just stretches up to the sky. So no matter how it gets buried, it will forever play underneath the sands. Gonna take a lot to take me away from you. I'm gonna end every show this way now. Oh my god. Man on Mars could ever do. I'm just picturing future archaeologists digging it up and it's <laughs> yeah. still playing, I, I, or it starts playing when the sun hits it. I um, <laughs> it comes to like walking uh, through the like desert. Like a world Africa. Becomes the version of uh, uh, Fleetwood Mac's "Hold Me," where they're uh, excavating the rock instruments from yeah. the desert. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to figure out the religion that gets based on unearthing this thing. <laughs> Oh my God! The gods that, must be crazy. Part three. That, that, there that you would, go. dude, that would be so cool. Post-apocalyptic, and there's a settlement in the desert, totally where, based off of where, Toto's Africa, where the there's music. <laughs> the rains. We must bless him. Yeah, really. Where's the rains? And then it rains, and it short circuits the system, mm-hmm. and it never comes up again. And then it starts playing Toto's '99 for some reason. Yeah, right. Things oh can God. only be done with a hundred men. Or more. <laughs> mm. Rosanna. <laughs> <laughs> now she's gone.